Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and we're actually going to get it. Brock Lesnar vs Samoa Joe. A match that reminds me of childhood discussions over who would win between a lion versus a bear. And to answer listener questions, Cole Jones is, in fact, the one attacking Enzo Amore every week. I'm Old Man Jones, and thanks to my age, I now get free medical prescriptions. So if any of you out there, like me, are having irritation from great balls of fire, just give me a call. And I'm Kieran O'Rourke. And yes, it's been a while, folks, but we're back today, and I can't wait to skeet logic juice all over these crazy, crazy title changes. This is the panel for episode 120 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us talk about the most shocking title changes in wrestling history... Next. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 120 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. Party over here. <laughs> and Kieran O'Rourke. What's up bitches? And we are back once again this week to talk about the most shocking title changes in wrestling history, gentlemen. Another one of our fantastic random topics. And we have a, uh, a cavalcade of contributions here from you, the loyal listeners, as we uh, converge here at the Oaken Table once again to talk about uh, all things in terms of shocking title changes, good or bad. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative uh, shock. Obviously, this is kind of in the face of uh, the recent events for the WWE Championship in Jinder Mahal. I'm glad to hear you say that, Liam, because as all the loyal listeners will know, I'm quite the outgoing, optimistic person. Yeah. So I didn't want to come at this from just a purely negative standpoint. Uh, just a little bit of a programming note for next week. As a matter of fact, we will be returning to our critically acclaimed, award-winning Monday Night War timeline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, this time we'll be covering uh, April of 1999 as we continue to study the downfall of WCW, <laughs> the sad downfall. No, the comeback is round yeah, the corner. I've got, I've got a feeling, a good feeling about this month. Yeah? yeah. Something's going to happen. All right, April 99, something's going to happen, all right. <laughs> Actually, one of their pay-per-views. <laughs> WCW, something's going to happen. <laughs> By the end, it's just October's Please Watch. WCW, too much happened. So like <laughs> uh, of course, here again, shocking title changes. And we'll have one of them next week, by the way, to talk about. Of course, again, we threw this out to you, the loyal listeners, as we always do, on the forums and on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash scgradio. If you haven't heard any of our kind of random topics before, you can, of course, go to squaredcirclegazette.com, where we archive every show we've ever done. Uh, we're going to get things rocking and rolling here, because we actually had a hell of a lot of uh, responses, a lot more variance in the feedback than I expected. So we'll kick it off with one. We've got quite a bit of response. Mr. Scorpio on the F4W board. Scorpio. That's right. He loves German beer. Uh, says Bret Hart winning the WWF title from Ric Flair back when winning the WWF title was a big deal Bret was our favourite among my circle of friends got on the school bus one day and someone just mentioned did you hear Bret Hart is the new WWF champion I was incredulous and didn't believe it at first guys like Bret got the intercontinental title they weren't given the WWF title that was for flamboyant characters like Savage and Flair or big guys like Hogan and Warrior I don't think the title change was even shown on Sky TV it just came completely out of the blue haphazard on the F4W board Echoes this one says Brett winning the belt out of nowhere was shocking. I remember marking out like crazy when he came out on Superstars with the belt, ringing people up to tell them. The title change wasn't shown anywhere, although it was later included on the Smack 'em Whack 'em video cassette. <laughs> My dating reference technique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the lapsed fan on wrestlingform.com says probably Brett over Flair I remember tuning into WWE programming that weekend where they announced it and my reaction was 
This fucking jabroni beat Ric Flair. <laughs> CS on Pro Wrestling only says Bret Hart becoming the WF champion. Uh, as undersized mid-card and tag guy winning the big one, it was unheard of in the WWF in that era. So a good one to kick us off here because this was one of the ones that immediately jumped to mind. Yeah, it's... um, It's striking just from a size perspective, isn't it? Because even though Flair, Flair was holding the belt... Uh, and it was Savage just before. I mean, it wasn't Savage necessarily that is most juiced up, let's say. No. But you're used to seeing, basically, you're used to seeing Hogan with that belt. So you sort of, you know, expect to see that he's six foot eight as he build, over 300 pound, muscular, sod, and tanned, and all that sort of thing. So just that change of image alone, I think, to me, is jarring. Um, but yeah, this this idea that it, it, fit, it still feels, even today when I talk about it, that it, does come completely out of nowhere because it, it it isn't built up on for a pay-per-view it's not something that's heavily advertised on television or anything like that you know it's not like you're hearing it on all american wrestling they're building it up or any, anything no, like that just no skits nothing and and coming out of out of SummerSlam, whilst you know brett was the one who put that match together and was the mastermind behind it all the company's idea was the crowning of, of Bulldog with the IC belt at Wembley. So you wouldn't have got the sense from that either, even that it's the idea of taking the, the IC belt off Brett to push him towards the WWF Championship. So yeah, really shocking. I think... Well, a lot of change in that two months. So, uh... Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Silly the cream team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... <sighs> <laughs> that may have been the noise the cream team made. Um, but yeah, I think in yeah, addition, yeah. By the way, we're not just yeah, I'm sure Geraldo Rivera's probably got something to say on that one as well. Yeah, that beacon of journalistic integrity. <laughs> um, but I think in addition to it being on the Smack and Whackham cassette. Did did we get it on an episode of, of Primetime Wrestling? Did they? I don't remember. Was it, it one at of all. those? I've got this vivid memory of it being one of those where they sort of cut from them all around the desk to to going to that match. Really, but I don't. I just don't remember seeing any of it until like it was on tapes like years later. Yeah, but like 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 one or two of the emails said there. I was told about it and didn't didn't believe it for a second. It wasn't until I physically until I saw him with the bell. And, oh, it's real. Hmm. What's going on? <laughs> Is that just because you're a naturally distrusting person, though, Carl? two things that were shocking wasn't it it was not only not the size thing for me it was that this was a mid-carder yeah this it, was the first time every because new to wrestling young guy we didn't have Sky at this point I don't think no so it was all second hand information anyway but it was this guy who was always a mid-carder it's the first time a guy had gone from the mid-card and active like solid you know in place Mikada and then gone and moved up Flair came in as a main eventer everyone yeah. it was, you know, used to the belt being on main eventer so it was that was the one one thing and also the house show not seeing it yeah. was completely shocking and bamboozling and in ju- juxtaposition the two things just well, how long did he hold it for? Brett he held it from October till March for uh, Mania 9 yeah and it's and it's fair to say that his, his title run during that period wasn't wasn't necessarily Treated as a sort of a superstar's title run. When you look at title defences against the likes of Razor, who wasn't exactly at the peak. He was of his new. He was brand new. He, he he was he was new, but he he not 
he'd had the, the tag match with, with Flair against Perfect and Savage and he'd been sort of involved in that problem but he beat nobody had no he? no in in that sense but you know he, he was, to be honest he's the best of the bunch of the oh, guys oh, we've beat oh, too oh absolutely you know he's, he's looking at you Virgil yeah title defences against Virgil Papa Shango Skinner I think I, I think the Berserker might have been in there Berserker was in there yeah, yeah that match with Sean yeah, the match with Sean at Survivor Series, which which I liked, it was a, it was a hell of a match. However, it was one of those things where because you got like Sean, who it was, it felt like mid card, yeah. a mid card, two, two form, two, you know, exactly. still synonymous with tags. Um, you, you need to be putting Brett over at that point over over guys, mm. you know. Not you do a backdoor victory. No one's seen him win anyway. No, as Carl exactly. said, put Cotton in, believe him. So like people, not, how, how, why would anyone buy into him as a champion when a no one's seen it, b he's a mid carder. And sees well. Okay, he's not tag wrestler anymore, but still at that point now he was still. It was for years though. Exactly. You know? Yeah, he was still. He was. You know, he was only. Let's face it. He was only what nine months removed from dropping the icy belt to the Mountie. <laughs> hey man, he had like a 104 degree, degree temperature, dude. Yeah, that fever. Yeah. I think that point that you made though is actually dead on. The hierarchy, caste system, if you will. They brought guys in to be top guys. They didn't really move people up all that much, you know. They kind of would like shuffle the deck a little bit. But yeah. the, the people, you know, Matcha Man was brought in as a big deal. Then when the icy title, and then went up anyway. Mm. DBS was born to be a star. Flair was born to be a top guy. Warrior smashed through everybody en route to being a top I guy. I mean, I mean, like. Uh, even if somebody wanted to use the comparison of well, Savage came in and was IC champion, yeah, but they had every heel manager in the company vying for him. Yeah, and he worked with Hogan to. first too. Yeah, I mean, um, at that point, I'd, I'd still, I think it, it was a fairly unique situation where Brett had gone from tags to the IC belt, you know, beaten perfect at the time. I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone really expected that until it until it actually happened. It's not very. It's not that often that you'd see tag teams split up and, and single stars created out of it. Even then, or at least not not in my viewing experience, anyway. Yeah, not that time. Uh, we'll move along. We've got some uh, some more Hitman related ones here. Brock on the WrestlingForum.com says Brett dropping it to Backland and then Backland th- dropping it to Diesel just a few days later, turning into Raw and going, "Eh, Diesel is now the champion somehow." Uh, W35TY on the UK fan forum says, Brett losing to Backland, then Backland losing to Diesel. I was a big Brett fan as a kid and couldn't believe he lost to Bob at Survivor Series. Tune in to watch the one-hour Raw highlight show on Sky 1 the following Saturday to find Diesel is the new champ. Being a young wrestling fan, I found this all very confusing. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, oh, I hate that so much, Bob. Bob. It's, oh god, it just it devalu- Yeah, at this point, Brett's a world champion now. I'm buying him now. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't want him to see him lose to this old fucker. <laughs> who I could take. Yeah, I could. I could take you, Bob. I could take you. <laughs> you know it. Uh, it's just, and then Diesel. Uh, at least I understand the Diesel thing, right? It's, it's 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 traditional, transitional. Yeah, but you still do it on a house show, so no one sees it. Yeah, I don't get the fascination with doing that. And this is the thing. Between- but, it, but it was the garden. Great. We've probably only had about eight thousand people. In that yeah, point. those eight thousand people felt special for those six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'll say this much for it: Diesel beating Backland just sort of felt right in comparison to Backland beating Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's, that's, the, that's the nicest thing I can say about it because, frankly, Backland beating <laughs> Brett, I was disgusted by, even at that age. Even, Even though that, that night you that, felt like God. And that, <laughs> that dumb fuck Davy boy yeah. knocked himself out. What a moron. 
Backland. Sitting Backland. He'd beaten nobody. <laughs> Literally beaten nobody. It's not like they protected Brett anyway. You might as well start Brett losing six seconds and well, yeah. say he shit himself or something. <laughs> so, 706 yeah. degree fever. There you go. CS on Pro Wrestling only actually said Diesel becoming the direct champion and ending Backlund's reign after only three days was his most shocking. Uh, despite Diesel's WWF success up to that point, memories of Vinny Vegas losing to everyone in WCW were still fresh in my mind. I think both of them were especially shocking because they were rare house show title changes. Uh, with uh, Diesel, another one that you mentioned that we'll get to later on. Uh, but yeah, very uh, Diesel was an odd one because you could kind of sense in 94, ever, ever since the Rumble, in 94, when he, when he got the, the mega push and eliminated seven guys, you could kind of tell after WrestleMania, it's like, ah, the, yeah, they, when Sean's on one of his another, I don't want to wrestle for three months periods. <laughs> yeah, and they've, and, they've, and they've put the, the tag straps on him at that point, he's put the IC belt on him, so there's you know, clearly, you, know, you can see the, the company pushing him in that direction. Yeah, but there's similar to the, the Brett House show victory, was the much, there was no anticipation for the match. He'd only turned babyface like two days, <laughs> three days yeah, earlier. Just, you can't, I, and he, he hadn't really done much to turn babyface apart from chase after Sean after he'd super kicked him. He get him. kicked in the face three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deserved it. But that's the thing. That's okay. We're gonna make him. It'll make him a star. Is this a theme we're gonna come across? Make him a star. But this shock, this shock title win and and turn not so long ago is gonna it'll shock people so much. That'll get him over because of the shock of the event. But it doesn't work like that. This might actually ever work like that. This will be an interesting thing to track as we yeah. go along here. How many of these shocking, the, the, the title changes that really jarred us are ones that actually positively impacted the individuals? Because these so far, these these are shocking because they're hot shots. Well, I suppose they're all going to be hot shots to, to a degree, but these are ultra hot shots because on house shows with no build whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, resounding failures so far. Okay, okay, Brett, you could say he didn't have the, he didn't have the um, opponents to go against. I suppose mind you, no, the Diesel. But with Diesel, and it's not it's not necessarily the, sta- the same as a, a completely um, roided up guy, perhaps. But it's it's Vince returning to the pat hand and what he's comfortable with. You know, the the, the big guy with with the good physique who's the champion, having previously had the belt on on Breton and ever so briefly on Backlund. And I'm, maybe I'm being a bit too suspicious, but is it a little less than coincidental that? He feels confident putting the belt on a big guy after he's been cleared by the feds. I think that's a fairly safe assumption to make, Carl. Oh, that's a very safe assumption to make. Uh, when we... right, fuck this. Who's the biggest guy we got? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can you not... You, we, surely we can all sit and imagine Vince doing that in Titan Towers at that point. You know, walking into the office, sitting there, right, for the next movie we're going to make. <laughs> Who's got that million dollar face? That million dollar smile? And there's Kev pushing his hair back. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do her. We can put a Santa hat on him. <laughs> we move along to one now that we probably don't need to talk about all that much because we've touched on it in the past. Rage Master on Pro Wrestling Only says, Think for me it was WrestleMania 9 when Brett lost to Yokozuna, which wasn't shocking in itself. But when Hogan came out and stole the belt, I think it was the first time I swore I would never watch wrestling again. Uh, Zep81 on the UK fan form says, Hogan in the bank. <laughs> Um, the lapsed fan on WrestlingForum.com says having not seen WrestleMania 9 live the night after was quite odd how the fuck did Hogan come out as champion and this is one of those ones that I actually more so than the actual issue that we've talked about before again there's just the uh, execution of this was very bizarre the again not very a completely unconventional way of crowning a champion or changing the belt an ad-lib on the spot match hadn't been done previously so uh, yeah very very odd and again shocking as it was 
Didn't do well. Didn't do well at all. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have helped if Pokemon was there, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah, this is another one. The uh, unadvertised. Different because, obviously, it's Hoagie. So. Well, that's it. That's why I was kind of... Yeah. Kind of a start. Unadvertised. But the, 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 yeah, in terms of the overall effect, it's... What you've been channeling to, you've been especially at Maine, you've been channeling towards this one story of Hogan, of Brett and Yoko, and in theory you should be putting all your babyface eggs in in the Brett basket, like as in can he overcome this monstrous obstacle that no one can beat? Exactly. Um, and no matter what happens at the end of the night, when you just completely shit all over any build and you just go to Hogan, it's like anything, all the anticipation that had been built up to that show. You're coming out of it thinking for both of them, not yeah. just Brett. <laughs> you're thinking, well, fucking great, <laughs> good job, boys. Yes. Another thumbs it's, down for me. It's like the last year never happened. It's, yeah, indeed. Uh, moving along uh, to one uh, a bit more current here. Jimmy Redman on Pro Wrestling Only says, "I think for me it was Sheamus. Uh, Money in the Bank had been around for a few years, which kind of introduced the idea of a mid card or not quite ready guy being able to win the world title." Uh, Punk in 2008 being a classic example but those had the mitigating circumstances of cashing in while the champ was dead here was a guy who had been around for 5 minutes in a fair fight with Cena in a pay-per-view match it was just going to be a routine one and done title defence for Cena and a good learning experience for Sheamus they basically marketed it it as hey we know you're sick of Orton uh, so we're giving you a random new guy uh, to go against Cena just for shits and giggles it was a table match so Sheamus didn't have to lose too cleanly while they continued to build him up the card in the next year or so and then he just won. It was so weird. And it also opened the floodgates for a slew of mid-card champions we had over the next few years. But none of the geeks winning after that were quite as shocking because they'd already done it first with Sheamus. Uh, Smart Mark 15 on Pro Wrestling Only says, You also have Sheamus' first WWE Championship win against Cena in the tables match. The fact the finish was so weak only added to the strangeness of it. And it was one of the first times I recall production abusing the close-up crowd reaction shots. Uh, Callum93 on UK Fanform says the same one he had only been on Raw for a month before this and I totally didn't see it coming it was rare at the time to see Cena losing clean which happened here albeit in the tables match and annoyed on TPWW says Sheamus winning the belt from Cena at TLC uh, not for any particular reason Uh, I just didn't think they'd actually try and go with him that early but I'm glad it galvanised Ireland behind the WWE for life just like Jinder will do in India (laughs) yeah and what a ballsy way you know to make an impact it's, yeah, John th- fell through a table because he's clumsy. <laughs> yeah, like, he's slappy. Why? What, what? Um, I don't. Why? I, okay, I get it. I get. Well, I don't. I, I understand their philosophy. This is the cheap, the cheap victory. Okay, so the face doesn't lose his shine, and he's got. And the heel, in theory, has heat that the face is going to come back from because you didn't really beat me. You didn't beat motherfucker. Him. I think Cena probably just came out and laughed. Probably didn't care about losing the belt. Uh, so and Seamus wasn't a real champ because dude John fell through a table yeah so uh, lost a couple months yeah, later he lost a couple months so who cares uh, and uh, yeah and now they just and obviously now they repeat this bullshit cowardly heel wins the belt that never works because if you do it all the time gives a fuck yeah if you're all your fucking heel champions are flukes then who cares you got no heels with heat yeah we got no heels at all yeah exactly no heels with heat no heels no heels with heat semantics yeah um yeah, I, I can't. So, has Seamus only been in the company a month? He'd been in the company longer, but he got drafted to Raw. Ah, that's what it was. And that yeah. was the deal. He was on what he like powerbomb Jamie Noble in his career, was the storyline. Right. Won a battle royal to get the number one contendership. Yeah. Um, 
which is about the only thing I remember from this period because it was the old school Raw when Jesse and Vince were on commentary, which was brilliant. And again, coming out of it, it's just like I remember he wrestled Randy Orton for the first time in what would be a <laughs> illustrious <laughs> series of contests. But uh, no, other than that, again, didn't do that. I mean, I guess it elevated him to a degree, to a degree, maybe. Did it? Have, but it, would it have been? Would it have been? Was it a degree that they couldn't have just done if they'd have pushed him slowly over time? Probably not. Well, this, I was just thinking this because because you look at these victory, these guys that okay, Brett, um, Sheamus. Now we're gonna have, well, lo- a litany of guys who haven't been built into the position. They've just put into the position and then okay, let's see if you single swim. Which in my mind is kind of sent yourself up for failure anyway because it's such a long shot it's so, so much harder you've got a better chance of getting over if you actually you know put someone in position and build anticipation like they're worth the, uh, around the title and finally they get the shot and oh cool they've won and or and, but no it seems to be okay you're new let's put the belt on you before I've had a chance to ruin you and then in doing so in a shitty way they ruin them <laughs> and the belt in the process yeah it seems to me like if you think about it guys who they've elevated into position and then been ready and then pulled the trigger not many have really, really been held off if you think about it I don't think Austin we could say because he was injured anyway so yeah. that kind of helped him I don't know maybe, that's not a, off the top of my head there's not many the, I think name one who's, who's been elevated into the position and held off and then they pull the trigger on winning the bigger one at the right time oh this, that's tough that's a tough one and this probably isn't, isn't the best example to give but in, in terms of I can think of examples where belts should have gone on people earlier and they, and they held off because they thought they could make more of it and it failed. LOD with the tag belts. In WWF? WWF. They held off a year. That was To me, that was too long. Yeah. Goldberg, when he came into the company... I'm talking about new, new talent. Well, that, that's what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, it's a tough one. that They're, they're not ideal comparisons I would grant you um, the, uh, the one that came to mind was Jeff Hardy in the sense that he was he was ready for it about a year before he got it but to me when he got it it actually it was he just went in that three way at like Armageddon it was, was that just, when he was because he was super over at the Rumble wasn't he he should have won at the Rumble he should have won at the Rumble yeah. he was over in that fight that like on the end of that year 2008 as well enough to where it was obvious Jeff's red heart well it was a very curious one though wasn't it because he, he lost the belt the following month yeah which sucked yeah which, which, which didn't do many favours um, for the black cloud Matt Hardy heel turn that no one remembers yeah that's right I always, I always... <laughs> and he burned his dog there <laughs> God. Um, maybe Benoit to an extent you know, winning it by Mania 20 I, I maybe just because it was in my mind I expected him to have a title run before that so sometime in in, in 03, you know, it's tough because when I think of like him and Eddie, I think of guys who like I never actually thought were really going to get it. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a it's a bit of a tough one there. Mm. Just to backtrack slightly, going to going back to the shame. So I didn't find this one as shocking. Maybe maybe because it plays into my sort of my natural cynicism about things. But by this stage, you'd already had someone like Carly come in and just win it out of nowhere. So to me, there was already a precedent there, negative though it may be, um, and because it was a table match, and I you know, sort of cynically sat and thought, "Oh well, this might be a way they'd get the belt off Cena." Not necessarily completely, you know. Still, generally expecting Cena to win, but by the same token, it, I wasn't like I wasn't gobsmacked in the way that I was with Brett uh, with Diesel. Yeah, I thought it was bollocks. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of analysis well, yeah. you'll love That's hearing. That's what we come back for, folks. Well, yeah, whilst I say that. It was bollocks. Clear, 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 clear and concise. I love that. Direct language. need more of that in the world. I was trying to give one word answer to everything from that one. <laughs> I'm not getting paid by the word, folks. Let's move on to one now. We've had a lot of these uh, these kind of shock title changes that kind of really didn't work out that well. Let's talk about one that did. Log on Pro Wrestling Only for a shocking title change says, Andre pinning Hogan on the main event. I was nine and had been watching wrestling for about three years. During that time, Hulk didn't lose. Not rarely, he didn't lose. I'm from a very small town. That year we had a good basketball team at the high school. The night of the main event, there was a big game. Everyone in town was there. I had set the VCR at home to record the show. At some point in the evening, someone came to the game and word spread that Hogan had lost the belt. Something about twin refs and a million dollar man buying the championship. It was all very confusing. When I finally got home to watch it, I was still shocked. It was the first time in my wrestling life that the Hulkster wasn't champ. I remember all of that very vividly and have no recollection of who won the basketball game. <laughs> um... Yes, that's a pretty good one. I wanted to get that in there. Yeah, this, 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 this is a very good stand. There's a lot of people, and I really wish there were more folks of that time period who were able to contribute to this particular one. And some people did mention this. Um, but yeah, this, that, that was the best, uh, the best story of the bunch for the Hogan loss. Yeah, much like the, um, the emailer on the rest of the Hoosiers, I was uh, really, really surprised by this one. Just because, as he says, Hogan doesn't lose. Hogan never loses, and he's already beaten Andre once. So you just you're waiting for the inevitable Hogan win. Then the Hebners arrive, <laughs> and me as a child cried. Oh really? I'd love to see that. Well, this is the thing. Unfortunately, this was before my fandom when this actually happened. I believe I was two, so I, I can't. I'd be I'd be somewhat disingenuous. I tried to talk about this shock. You can never really relate the same shock. It's modern age. Do it anyway. I know. I know that's what people tend to do. But it's just like I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I, I I didn't see it live, but I was I was ignorant to what actually did to, happen to the lineage at the time. So you know. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I I kind of got it backwards in the sense that I watched Wrestlemania 4 and that's when I first saw what had happened ah, so it's like okay so I'm seeing now that okay that's the backstory, and then what happens and Savage gets the belt at Wrestlemania 4 tends to be planned to be DBRC apparently um, and then they end up going to Savage oh yeah just, just out of curiosity will we get to Savage no he, this one, Savage did not get a nomination well like, I don't think as, as, as you've touched upon it there then Savage at Mania 4 is pretty shocking I think so I think I think okay. it's shocking in, in the sense in, that in I the, in the in the in the context of the tournament. By the time you get to him and DBRC, yeah, you you probably think Savage is winning it. But What's that Ventura line? That Ventura line's hilarious when it's like DBRC's through. I think to the final. Gang's got a bite of the semis, and it's Valentine versus Savage. Winner gets Gang, and the winner of the, that gets DBRC. And Jesse on country's like, wouldn't that be great? Valentine versus the Gang. Winner gets DBRC. <laughs> 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 Jesse just fucking completely doesn't give a shit. It's like there you go. That kind of pinpoints. Yeah, it seemed so weird for Savage to win because I just at the time again well, I didn't watch it at the time, but watching the videos pretty much in order, it was a matter of not really thinking that Hogan wouldn't have it around that time I can imagine a lot of fans at the time would probably thought that Hogan would probably just get it back well the last thing as, as I say it, it doesn't it doesn't have that same immediate impact that the other title changes that have been referenced uh, do but it's just that notion that we're having this tournament Hogan's in it and Hogan is not going to be in the final in fact he's barely going to feature yeah. now we know he was bugger enough to make, make movies at that stage but, but still just uh, although he would help him win yeah. There was that, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, fair bit of glomming at the end as well. As, yeah, as old Terry's known to bit, do. Bit of grab ass in Liz as well. Don't <laughs> forget grab that. Grab ass with Liz. 
but yeah, the, I just think that the, the just the, the idea that it was going to be a world title match that didn't involve Hogan in any not in any way because he interferes but not the, a title match that wasn't going to result in a Hogan victory yeah moving on now from uh, the success of Andre the Giant to his son the big show in 2002 <laughs> uh, Carlo Longhorn on the Facebook page a good friend of mine says after three years of Big Paul not drawing a dime I really don't get putting the belt on him uh, just because he had swapped his black leotard for a pair of crappy jeans didn't change that what jars me more is that he beat Brock for the belt so you build up your new star as a complete monster put him over Rock, Hogan and Taker lose your top guy for not being willing to put the new star over and then have him lose to Big Slow screwy finish or not there is no scenario where I find it acceptable to see that giant turd with his hand raised over a fallen Brock Angle instead of overthinking it by using Big Show as a buffer Heyman and Angle screw Brock then Lesnar chases to Mania 19 but uh yeah I'm, I'm down with this one Big Show beating yeah. Brock Lesnar not a fan it's bullshit again <laughs> bollocks <laughs> um uh, yeah this was we're a victim of Vince McMahon's um ideology on this one aren't we He's, be- fetish fetish beautiful Brock as the heel was magnificent and oh, yeah. we want to turn him so in their mind the only way they could do that was with a bigger guy so Brock has to overcome the odds of beating the bigger guy and mm, you don't need to have Brock Lesnar it's crap wrong wrong story with the wrong guy um, and it's fucking big show I mean you know just yeah just just having power running across the ring and powerbombing the big show I know he didn't run across the ring and powerbomb big show but in my mind he did just, he, he, he mentioned 2003 he did yeah, <laughs> I just yeah <laughs> I, it's just that, Bad business. To me, Brock winning with the F5 is such the perfect end to that match in yeah. five minutes. It would have been beautiful. It's yeah. a simple, nice, and you go. But that's, this is the thing. I always thought around that time, didn't it feel to you before that feud with Big Show started that they would do it? I didn't like when they did that feud anyway because it was like, why are they trying to turn Brock babyface now? This feels wrong. And I remember like you know, in the months preceding that, I thought the natural, logical progression was Angle's going to want to turn to babyface to challenge heel Brock. At WrestleMania, I thought they were going to do the same match at Mania 19, but I thought they were going to do it the other way around. It it seems more natural, doesn't it? Yeah, well, to, to, ha- to have the to have the smaller guys as the babyface, yeah, you know, to to fight from underneath, sort of thing. He did a couple of confrontations backstage where they were yeah. teasing, like you know, the amateur wrestling connection and all that stuff. It just it's, felt right. Angle felt like it. Plus, Angle was on fucking fire in 2002 anyway. I mean, and Angle's on fire, and you've, you've invested in building Brock as the heel, and then you've got to kind of cram it all. In to make sense and fit because that's what you insisted on doing. Just it went in unnatural things. Like, Messy. Yeah. And, and the thing is, when it was all over again, Government's later Big Show was right back to where it was. Mania 19, he's fucking in a handicap match, yeah. losing to The Undertaker along with his buddy A Train. So, again, what a waste. What a waste. What a waste. Not a good one there. Uh, Louch on the UK fan forum with a different one again. <laughs> a lot of Brett ones here. It's okay, we mentioned it before. The Mountie beating Brett Hart. <laughs> Reading how Brett had a fever and battled on but lost in the end jarred me. Led to Piper winning in the Mania 8 match that I feel really made Brett as I'd never seen Piper lose before. But yeah, the Mountie. <laughs> Great theme song. We all love it. Don't get me wrong. But again, this is that, that transition thing that Vince likes to do. The shocking out of nowhere guy wins the belt just to lose it to... The next guy. If okay, so if if that's if that's the plan, the plan is two other guys. It's not the Mounties. It's, it's Piper Brett, or it's it's not Big Show. It's it's Lesnar and, and Angle. That's if they're your directions. Then does the story gain or lose from doing this hot shot bullshit with a, a random third guy who's then in not valuable or important at all to the actual match where you're going? I just don't see how that adds value, and they keep do, they always do it. 
oh yeah it's another random because it's a shock yeah so, no just sometimes just, just build and give people what they're anticipating because you know what anticipation's a good thing yeah it sells tickets and pay-per-views yeah, usually network subscriptions it could do it is a strange one but, but where with with us I can kind of come up with some sort of rational I have a hard time thinking how you get to the Piper Brett program maybe, maybe this is me just not being very imaginative but it's that, that sense of why would Piper go for the IC belt all of a sudden after you know, years of having no interest in a, in a belt or seemingly no interest in a belt? Oh yeah, in terms of the, this is this is a bit of an exception since obviously the idea. I mean, Mountie won on a house show and lost it at the Rumble <laughs> right after. There was no Mountie run. You know yeah, what, what I mean? Was it, was it forty-eight hours? It was yeah. Some, it was something like very that. little. My problem, yeah, my problem with that wasn't. I still remember it as well. It was the damage to breadth in my eyes that he's lost to this fucking jobber yeah if they'd done it with somebody better it wouldn't have been so bad and I get it feels like a DBRC or something like that I maybe. get the the, yeah. the, the, the out was the, 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 the temperature and the illness blah 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 that's made us it's such a weak fucking excuse you're real you're poorly he had a cold and he lost boo freaking who he's from Canada they have colds all the time yeah. probably I've, I've, been, I've been jumped before the match I've been, I've been you know electrocuted with the fucking cattle prod before the match that would have made you know would have, would have made him look a little bit better than the fever if, if you're determined to go that way yeah I think DiBiase would have, would have been in good shape at that time yeah he was, he was looking for something to do trampled by Mountie's horse that would have been a good one yeah possibly did Mountie have a horse he should have he, he should have Mountie. well you'd think so mm. he didn't though this might have been a bit like you know Douglas and Ace and the skateboard sort of thing at least they had skateboards yeah, they didn't, didn't use them well he didn't even have a, have a horse he didn't walk the horse to the no, ring no. which he could have no. if he couldn't ride I suppose if Black Bart can do it, any fucking can. <laughs> and he could have taken bumps in the horse poo. Well, that's just obvious. Exactly. Remember when they did that with Davy Boy on Raw and they had the dog poo? <laughs> Rock Thume and the dog poo? Oh, the rock. Oh. I can't wait to get to that in the, in the, in the timeline uh, a little bit down the road. Anyway, uh, moving on to another one here. Another shocking title change, one that perhaps worked a little bit better. Uh, Steve Bachenik on the Facebook page says, The biggest upset and therefore most shocking to me was when the Honky Tonk Man pinned Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the IC title. The Dragon was coming off the match of the decade with Randy Savage, and Honky was is widely regarded as a huge joke. The magnificence that could have been a long and memorable reign for Steamboat was flushed down the toilet. Uh, Cleavy on the F4W board says, I was a huge Steamboat fan, and our TV coverage was a bit behind the states. So imagine my surprise when I see a picture of Honky Tonk Man on the cover of WWF magazine with the belt. The very first magazine I'd seen at any news agency. Uh, I still have this magazine as a keepsake, even though, regrettably now, I've got rid of most of my uh, magazine collection. Uh, Porkchop Cash on the UK fan forum says, Honky dethroning Steamboat, uh, especially after the build-up of Steamboat winning the belt. Blesh! Schmidt on Pro Wrestling Only says without knowing the backstage politics of it Honky Tonk winning the IC title from Steamboat was a huge shock to me back in the day it just seems so certain and out of nowhere after Steamboat's road to revenge and redemption finally culminated and uh, Johnny's Sorrow on Pro Wrestling Only says also Honky and Steamboat not only did it not make sense to me at the time it was on Saturday morning TV <laughs> real out of nowhere uh, random match random title change yeah, on uh, bizarre one, one, finish too. Yeah, one of the emails alluded to it there. On on the surface, it it, it would dumbfound you, but this this is one of those where I knew the backstory and, and didn't see it till years later. So I can't. You don't really have that sort of in the moment shock. You almost don't want to give the company a pass because it's honky tonk man, and they could have put it on someone else. Um, that's not to say that it didn't work out in the end because. Donkey is the insufferable greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all times. Used to say, yeah, was was a good shtick for a while, but 
it's that notion of, of Vince just deciding the temerity of Steamboat <laughs> we just put the icy belt on him and the fucker wants time off yeah what's with his family what's with his kid what can we do okay Honky tonk man, he'll do. Go on, fuck it. Get in there and get the belt. <laughs> well, he was a friend of the Hulkster, you know, all the old honky. So, mm. yeah, why well, doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> so, what was that? We thinking honky. About? the clues were there. <laughs> yeah. We should have seen it. I said we're thinking Hogan was putting them seeds in. Well, Vince, yeah, brother, if he's not going to be around, I'm a, I'm a. 370 days a year brother well you know you, you did have the rumours about how unhappy Hulk Hogan was at the Wrestlemania 3 after party when all the guys were going up to Steamboat talking about how uh, great his match with Savage was and mm. not talking about Hogan Honky Tonk Man in the end did do well as IC champion drew big money with Randy Savage did well in the role but he kind of petered out after the uh, the, the Savage feud for yeah. the last six months of his run and I suppose he got crushed by the Warrior I suppose to, to an extent whether you pick Honky Tonk Man or you pick someone else sort of the, the shocking title change is going to come about anyway because Steamboat whether Vince is happy or unhappy Steamboat's taking the time off he's going away so mm. the company's hand is is forced one way or another yeah it's interesting with Steamboat too because I always thought that and maybe it's because he never really did get the long run to kind of disprove this theory but it always felt like Steamboat was a guy who was going to be better chasing anyway probably natural given the character yeah exactly it's like he's you know, him as the perennial champion could have worked you know but again we never really got he's to see a wonderful anyway. seller that he is as well ah, absolutely oh. Uh, we've got another good one here Juan Manforce from the UK Fan Forum says Chris Jericho becoming the first undisputed champion sticks out for me when the invasion was over and the WF was reigning supreme I thought it was a foregone conclusion that the finals of the unification tournaments would be between the two, the, uh, two biggest WF stars Rock and Steve Austin there's even a slight chance in my mind that Kurt Angle might weasel his way into the match uh, being Vince's boy and all that with Jericho winning never even crossed my mind even knowing that Triple H was going to come back and win the Rumble it seemed like there was a built in story of him gunning for Austin's title after the two-man power trip's untimely end. But that would have involved WF uh, Deserter uh, staying heel, uh, that being Steve Austin, and the Alliance Mole, Kurt Angle face, rather than the ridiculous double turn the night after the invasion ended, which is a poor booking choice to talk about at another time. Uh, Vic Capri on WrestlingForm.com says the same one. Everyone wanted to see Stone Cold vs. The Rock in the finals. Uh, Colin Bollocks on the UK Fan Forum says, uh, it was a huge shock at the time. I think most were expecting to do the big Austin Rock match for the belts. Wrestling was sort of becoming uncool at school again, but or at the very least it was no longer being talked about at all in late 2001 but I always remember my mate bringing this up to me and pointing out how Jericho beating The Rock and Austin was bollocks and a sure sign that wrestling was rubbish because Jericho was such a massive dip from those who'd held it during the two years after they took the belt off the big show uh, number one WWF fan on TPWW form says the same one it was before WWE got in the habit of constant shock title changes and it was pretty much a foregone conclusion going into that event that we'd be getting Austin versus Rock for the belt never thought for a second Jericho would get past Rock much less win the title and they're wrapping this up Nitro on WrestlingForum.com says I went to school the next day to check the results for Vengeance on WWF.com and it shocked me to see that Jericho had won as I didn't for a second even expect him to win one of the belts never mind both even though he'd won the uh, WCW title the month before off Rock I thought he was just there to fill the mini tournament and end his feud with Rock with Rock beating him and then moving on to the finals I thought the finals would be Austin versus Rock, uh, but unlike Jericho, I also thought Angle had a chance at beating Austin, uh, but I didn't count out the possibility of Angle versus Rock, whereas I counted out Jericho altogether, despite uh, beating Rock two months before. So, very interesting there that he was the one that was least considered. Cause I remember at the time, I had the exact opposite opinion. I thought this whole setup is surely for Jericho. No, see, I, I'm, I'm with the emails on that one. Really? I, 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 didn't, I didn't give Jericho a, a prayer. 
He was by far the, was, the one with the least heat and going I was, in. And I was more inclined to think of a rock angle uh, finals match with Austin being shafted by Vince or, or someone in, in the process. Uh, so no, J- J- um, I wouldn't have. It was a surprise. I feel like I'd be overstating a bit if I said I was completely, you know, sort of shocked and bamboozled because they'd already they'd already set a precedent that I, I suppose that Jericho could win a belt having having beaten Rock and as we've talk, touched upon before in an era where there's two belts, it sort of does give some people a chance that you wouldn't have originally expected to, to have that opportunity. So I, I was certainly surprised, and I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't really think Jericho was was going to be in the final, but. Uh, Again, this isn't one of those that sort of um, completely startled me. I can't remember what I thought going in. What did I think going in, Liam? As I remember it... <laughs> you, you, you were drunk. Possibly. No, I, I think that your impression at the time was that a heel had to win because Triple H was coming back, so it had to be Angle or Jericho. And I, and I guess that the natural thing for me was that, well... Jericho was involved in the match that he was injured, so I just assumed. And that's the thing, it's like, Jericho, he felt so cold. Yeah, he wasn't kind of that baby face, but he, he was kind of at the end of his rope as a baby face, but the, the way they turned him heel, losing to the rock and, and freaking out, just sucked. Yeah. And he just, and, and it just, he had the least heat of anyone going into that, that tournament. That was the overriding. And it didn't help either, too. Everyone helps to helps him win, you know, it's like, yeah. this just. That's the overriding stinks. thing I remember, is my reaction to it being that, what an absolute waste. Like you want to put something in, in principle you're gonna you decide you can have Rock and Austin both lose to one guy in the same night yeah that's gonna, wow. so that's gonna put read that on paper or read that as a report from what happened in Japan whatever in midnight it sounds like a fucking beautiful thing <laughs> execution it's dog like, shit it's like yeah who who, who put this together we, who booked it yeah uh, Vince okay. man, yeah. let's call it Vince uh, bearing in mind what cowardly heel again Cowardly, he all needs everybody's help to win. Booker T. If I remember rightly, Jericho alluded to a uh, the less than stellar way he found out he was winning the belt in, in his book. Oh, yeah. So I suppose <laughs> when, when Vince is talking to Undertaker and Vince, and Vince with Jericho in earshot looks at Jericho and says to Taker, "God, you know business is going down. We're giving the belt to Jericho." Hang on. <laughs> yeah. What a horrible period. Weak, yeah, the, weak, the, 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 weak heels. The, the, the one email was absolutely. He, he touched upon something there that I, I thought was certainly noticeable at school. Oh, yeah, wrestling, yeah, I agree with wrestling this. Wrestling was not cool by that point. Wrestling, I'll tell you what. The, the, I, I was in a dwindling... Uh, that would be generous. Dwindling pool. The, the circle of, of my friends, it was the hottest thing for about three years, and then I remember the invasion angle just fucking obliterated yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, the invasion angle just absolutely obliterated interest. It, I... I the amount of people that were still at this time caring about who was going to win this tournament were far fewer than a debate. basically me and you probably ah uh, you know maybe one or two others but I mean the, the interest when people were like you know, these random people would be coming to ask about what was going on on yeah, the, all oh, that the, week oh those people are gone oh they were long gone by this point yeah <laughs> throwing stones at you now those people are yeah. basically yeah uh, let's go over to Japan since you just mentioned it Kieran Steve Rich a good way. friend on the, the Facebook page Air Raid uh, on the UK fan form says nothing shocked me more than when Kazuchika Okada first won the IWGP belt from Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, in February 2012 let me put this into context New Japan was and still is my favourite promotion for the type of match they put on in the relatively serious sports presentation as such Tanahashi was a god to me in 2012 having just been to my first G1 Climax trip uh, the year before and him being the ace beyond compare in the company 
The mere announcement of this match, even for a February B show, shocked the shit out of me. Okada was, in my eyes, a kid being touted as having some potential, who had just come back from TNA having been mishandled. Don't know, didn't watch TNA on account of it being insufferable shite. So Okada was being brought back and rewarded with a title shot, <laughs> the, the Okato era of, uh, of Okada's career. Okada's brought back and rewarded with a title shot of the back of one short, instantly forgettable match with Yoshihashi. I, fig- I figured this was a sink or swim deal to see how good a match Tanaka could get out of him, and if they saw enough, he'd spend a year being built up and brought into the main event scene in a logical way. Yes, he pinned Tanahashi with a Rainmaker and a tag match to build it up on the way, but I thought this was typical New Japan artificially creating jeopardy when there was zero chance of the upstart winning the big one. I didn't have access to live New Japan at the time, so when I read on Strong Style Spirits that this kid had beaten Tanahashi and taken the belto, <laughs> I'm not exactly exaggerating when I say the world didn't make sense to me anymore. A fed I loved for their slow builds, logical booking, and generally making sense to me had terminated the greatest reign in the history of their top title to take a punt, however short term, on an un tested lad who honestly, day to day in the weeks leading up to New Beginning, whose name I struggle to remember. My dumb was well and truly founded, my flabbergasted, my slobber knocked. My jaw hit the metaphorical floor. I thought I understood how New Japan worked, and that result made me question if I knew anything. <laughs> Nothing was predictable, obviously. I could never take anything for granted again. In wrestling terms, my world had changed forever and it scared me. My reaction to this upset was mostly shock, a little confusion, and even a tiny little bit of doubt that New Japan were going off the rails. Of course, I then watched the match. My fears were allayed in no time at all. The upstart had a blind with Tanahashi, was permitted to look his equal, went over strong, and just like that, I bought him as a superstar and a top guy. And I loved him. Imagine my joy getting to go to the G1 final six months later and seeing him win, leaving my balls like albino raisins. <laughs> no Rainmaker, no Rainbow as a banner in my Goku Red. So yeah, it all worked out well in the end, but for the result alone, without context of watching it play out unspoiled, that was no shocking title change ever to me as a wrestling fan. So uh, absolutely excellent nomination there, because I was kind of in the same boat. This was around the time when I was getting back into New Japan for about a year before this, and uh, seeing the Wrestle Kingdom that year, where Kazuchika Okada wrestles Yoshihashi and has a really dull like seven eight minute match with a rainmaker that looked like shit he's kind of like dropped to the ground with him it's just it's like and then he comes out and chances Tanahashi at the end it's like this fucking guy this nerd from TNA who was like Samoa Joe's buddy who was like his you know again Okato that you know Vince Russo creative genius you know basically making him his, his lap dog and it's like this just this just seems so forced and then yeah the match itself was very very good and and very very quickly they made him a start it felt like they took the belt off him too early because of how well this actually came off so very very shocking of course I was having not been following all of Tanahashi's reign leading up to that I'd only been kind of getting back into the New Japan groove for about six, six, eight months to a year before that the impact wasn't quite as great as I'm sure it was for, uh, for Steve but yeah absolutely great nomination because this is one of the rare ones where because they stuck with it and again and it was a long you know three or four year process of really cementing Okada as the ace of the company it, it paid off in the end. This, this wasn't a shock one where, like Sheamus, where they just kind of did it out of nowhere to give it back. You, know, you talk about the, the sink or swim element, <laughs> but since he's going to lose it two months later, he can't swim that fucking far exactly. anyway. Even if prophecy, it succeeds. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Self-fulfilling prophecy. The self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecy here with Okada was, he's going to be the guy. We're going to get him there. Dress him like a star. Tell us he's a star. Have him beat the big star and eventually he'll be a star. And it's like, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, I'm not ver- well versed in, in the ways of the Orient. <laughs> um, but I was aware of him and kind of he's bl- not bland. He did feel bland. Dumb. At first, he, he's he did. got that kind of the vacant look he has on his face. Yeah. Before yeah. the character's over and it's like you forget about it. Um, he's a guy who was, he was 
Joe's driver, who's a bit gormless, and had to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. And now he's beating the man of New Japan. Um, yeah, absolutely. But hey, they stuck with it. Unlike, as you say, unlike the, the typical thing. Like I said, if you, if you plan for a short term reign, then you're not going to invest in it. Why even do it? It would be my argument. This one, they ran with it, and yeah, he's, he's a staple of the company. Now, so. Yeah, paid off. Paid off all the way. Oh, so they absolutely agree, though, that in, just in principle, being more familiar with old, almost the grind, Japan almost in general has that, had that um, kind of elevating technique of almost waiting too long to put. Yeah, push, that's, yeah, that's true. I'll go for that completely. So this is, yeah, I think that this does have an element to it, too. Did it work immediately? Did it, take it, worked, time it worked a bit. Settling. It worked a bit at first. So my argument would be he would be better off. The, the, the well. short shark shop would have been better if he was built. Still, he still did exactly the same gimmick. He can beat other guys, but then I suppose if you got to beat, we need the champ. So yeah, I suppose. And yeah, the, the idea. I mean, he did lose it like months later just to, to kind of get it back. Uh, we'll move to one here that uh, we had to mention. And again, it, it was, maybe isn't one that we have to talk about all that much because I think when you actually ask this question, it's one of the first ones that come up. Uh, Daniel Cleary on the Facebook page does, of course, say JBL. Uh, WWE, uh, only four months earlier, had finally given Eddie Guerrero a chance to run with the top belt on SmackDown. Then in June, they have him lose the title to Justin Hawk Bradshaw. This fat wanker, who'd been a tag wrestler up until a few months prior, suddenly puts on a suit, looks like a poor man's Larry Hagman, and is straight away put into the title mix. After winning the belt, no one bought him as legit. His reign went on to suck ass for nearly a year until John Cena put us out of our misery, which then led to the spinner belt. We know uh, that Eddie's run wasn't the best, but to have him drop the belt to the wrestling guard, who had spent a career in WWF beating the shit out of rookies, and let's not forget only weeks earlier winning the belt, uh, throwing up a Nazi salute in Germany, really devalued Guerrero and probably took him nearly a year to get his momentum back. Inexorable journey on wrestling forums is the same one. In the space of a couple of weeks, Bradshaw, a career mid-carder, left the APA, became JBL, and beat Eddie Guerrero to win the championship. Bradshaw was awful on every level, and his reward was becoming the world champion. TGC on wrestling form also says to go from the heartwarming story of Eddie Guerrero as champion to a career mid-card like JBL didn't sit well with me. JBL winning, absolutely. Yeah, what a turgid show this was. The Great American Bash 2004, one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever seen. Yeah, no more, you, you can't disagree with that on any level. Um, it's like there's like even if like the, the, the sting of this and it stung, yeah. the concrete crit, Kenzo Suzuki, oh, Billy yeah, Gunn, Bob, Bob, Bob Holly, and Mordecai. Mordecai, like the fucking garbage on this show. We are a long ways away from the SmackDown Six. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, Yes, yeah, I think one of the emailers was kind there, saying within the space of a few months, it was more like a few weeks, if I remember rightly. Yeah, uh, there'd, there'd been a, a pay per view with a DQ finish in between. I'd, I'd, you look at back at it now, and you see <coughs> the obvious warning signs were there. It's a fucking bull rope match, touching the corner, so the babyface doesn't have to get pinned, and all that sort of thing. You know, the, all the hallmarks that that a few years later, when I was older, would make me think Sheamus can win. At that point in two thousand and four. I still did not believe that JBL was winning. Well, yeah, I I didn't even entertain the idea that Guerrero was going to be dropping the belt. Not being privy to the, the the couple of flare ups that Guerrero had apparently had, and even to this day, I'd still argue I don't care if he had those flare ups or not. This was not the solution to the problem. Yeah, for, yeah. For me, even the booking, yeah, in retrospect, it's obvious. But it's uh, maybe I think I convinced myself it was JBL. It was like this was the only way they could try and like. Convince you that he had a chance, yeah. To put it, uh, knowing they'd want the baby face in peril to overcome, it's like okay, 
it's false drama. Eddie's going to win this. Yeah, and then he's like, this whole thing's like, okay, this is all fine and dandy and all, and it's you know it's enjoyable at times because JBL was working really hard in his promos. But let's just get this over with so we can get on to yeah. something better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, that's how it felt. It's like, for him to actually win. It's like, okay. I think what... It's not just a mid-card. It was a perennial non-title challenger. Yeah. His whole life. It was shocking enough that Eddie and Benoit got it, you know? It's like, because they always would put it on their guys, the Brocks, the, you know, the, the, the Ortons, you know, the, the guys that they like, had a long-range vision for, and they put him there. And, or, they, or they had a, a more short-range vision where they said, okay, let's get him there and let's make the guy. It's like Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, bear in mind, Kieran touched on that him, him as a tag team wrestler and never really being a pronounced. Yeah, him and Farouk had the tag belts a couple of times, but they were never, never long reigns, never emphasised with, within the tag division in the same way that the Hardys and Edge and Christian were that sort of thing. This is a man who, in his previous singles incarnation, was losing strap matches to Savio Vega. Let's not forget that's, the match with Scott Hall at Backlash. That's that's how irrelevant he was. This is Mr. One Half of the New Blackjacks. You know, I do think he was underutilised. He most. was. He so, was, was underutilised. You could see Sparks are great, especially from a promo perspective. Sparks are great. I'm not sure it was like nine. Sorry, Carl. 97. I'm still going to carry on talking with that. Sorry. So I'm not that sorry. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, it was I remember Justin. Well, he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw, and he cut one promo backstage. And it was like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, and I remember watching it for the time, and I think that was a fucking good promo. He's got this charisma in. What's he got Zeb for? Yeah, yeah, that's how it felt. It's like Zeb's not doing promos anyway. But that's the thing with this perennial undercard guy. If you put the belt on him when he was over as a heel, I think he would have. I think would have been fine. But putting the belt on him and asking him to get over when you are a fucking undeserving champion, it's an uphill battle, and yeah. comes across as another fluke champion. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and and the thing is, it's not. It's not even just the quick transition to him winning the belt. I think it's almost compounded by the quick gimmick change as well. There's no there's no subtlety to the gimmick change. It's just a flick of a switch. I think that sort of compounds things. And what always makes me so incredibly sad about it all is the excellent job that Eddie does in the corner. Just, you know, head in hands, distraught at what's happened. I said, that's real... A real sense of injustice, but not in the not in the way that they would want it to be. <laughs> just generally furious that they've done this. I, I just remember the crowd being just almost like just stone cold. Not well, actually, that's a bad example. Little little did they realise yeah. what was to come later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah. So uh, let's move on to another one here. We've got uh, more great ones to talk about. Noid on TBWW forum says mankind winning the WWF title for the first time. Not just because the pop is shocking by today's standards. Mankind gets the mandible claw on Rock for Shamrock cracks chair off mankind's back. Billy Gunn manages to not completely fuck up, taking Shamrock out of the equation, <laughs> spilling with him to the outside. As Vince, an infinitely better heel than Stephanie McMahon, guffaws around the ringside area, worried about losing control of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture him as he says this. He's about to. Austin's music hits and the crowd goes nuts. Anyone who thinks Ty Dillinger is over should check out this moment. Austin hits the ring, picks up a chair, and casually just fucking kills The Rock with it. He puts Mankind on top of The Rock. The people in the back start marking out and realise shit's about to go down and cut the real franchise's fucking music. <laughs> the referee slides into position. One, two, three. The crowd goes crazy and Austin walks to the ringside area and gives Vince the two-finger salute before throwing his hat at Vince, who registers but doesn't sell. This isn't the old WF title belt we're talking about here. <laughs> 
Lee123 on the F4W board says there are probably better answers given how often the title changed hands in the Attitude Era, but Mick Foley's first title win was shocking to me at the time. Hughes Meister on the F4W board also says the correct answer is Mick Foley beating The Rock in a taped episode of Raw. Uh, people on this board are bringing up ROH ones before that one? What? Big shock. Big shock. That was kind of spoiled for me. Mm. Not by Shivani, but by you, Kieran, at school the day yeah. it happened, so. Damn. Yeah. But I mean, when you told me it was the same, what? Mankind? Like, clearly they're on the course of Rock and Austin. How did Mankind get this? But uh, Yeah, you, you, you expect uh, you expect Mankind to be the, the person to, to sort of... Basically to keep Rock distracted. He's, he's the go-between before they before they really kick on post-Royal Rumble to the to the Rock-Austin build. I think what also adds to the element of there is... Although we've talked about the shock of the, the title changes on house shows earlier in the podcast, the fact that it changed on TV... Now I know WCW done it a couple of times with, with Goldberg and with Luger, but you didn't see this happen in the WWF. Hey, let's actually backtrack it. How many WWF title changes during the Raw era had there been? Because okay, so you got like Sid beat Brett in '97. I remember that one. Does Sean vacating titles count? No, no. no. <laughs> this isn't a Sean moment, Kieran. Yeah, I don't think. I th- oh, Austin had beaten Kane. Austin beat Kane for it earlier in the year. Of oh, they done the they done the hot. Shot, yeah, 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 yeah. So they had they had they had done a title change. But again, it's the Austin, the top guy. This that's the thing that was jarring about this is it was mankind winning the belt. The, the man who's who's clearly the num- he's the he's the number two. He's the number baby two baby face. He's, he's, he's not the He's not the guy. Yeah, it's not the guy, but it was just that, and I thought it was great in the sense. I thought that Foley really did benefit from this yeah, more so than just like a quickie, and it was a quickie title change. But he mm-hmm. felt like a guy who, you know, hell in the cell and all that. But let's not revise history and, and act like he was super over. For no, it. Wasn't at all. No, he it, was pretty cold for a few he, months there. And he, he he touched on that in the first book, didn't he? The, the because he changed gimmicks so in so frequently with the, the idea of the three faces of and then going from baby face to heel to baby face. All, all within the space of about six or seven months. Yeah, yeah. That sounds shocking now that we talk about it. And you know, picture the big show as a contrast for that one, folks. But um, but yeah, he, he's he touched upon it himself, being so he, he was quite cold at the time. But at least in the months prior to that, unlike some of the others, like like to use the back one as an example that just comes completely out of nowhere. Foley has had involvement with Rock and Austin during the year he's had his his relationship with Vince on TV so he's not he's not a, he's not a minor character <laughs> it always seems sacrilegious to compare the, the mankind like positioning to Bob Backlund putting some shit stain in the chicken wing to build up a match with Bret Hart I was thinking as you say that the Foley thing was totally in, in context in the right context of the feud he'd been in yeah. that everyone had been yeah. in at the top of that yeah. car because the, the, the just, show was so tight Sorry, I think that's that's the sort of the point I'm I'm trying to get across here, possibly not very well, but I'm, I'm trying to get across this point of we had picked up your beer. I think you were preoccupied. Well, <laughs> you know, this this does happen. It's been known from time to time, Kieran. But I'm just trying to get, convey this notion that Foley, although he's not the babyface, he is seen as being a somebody. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's a big player on in, yes. in, in the game. Yeah, and just just reading it. The, Foley taking the top because of Austin. It's like everyone knows what that is. It's Austin's fucked with Vince, and it's comeuppance for Vince over the, you know the beatdown Foley that's been you know the toilet paper of the corporation for <laughs> however long. So it's, it's all it's all in keeping. <laughs> I love that expression. The double. I wouldn't. Um, was it a few, three title chains? Whatever it was. Yeah, uh, it's back. That, that was too many. Forth. Should only won it the once, but yeah. 
Well, they had to do their half-time heat uh, title change, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, they, 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 could have, they could have not done that. No, I think they shouldn't have done that, but... Harmonic Generates on the UK fan forum says, Great topic, hard to pick just one, but if I did, Edge cashing in Money in the Bank at New Year's Revolution 2006 to win the WWE Championship. It had never been done before. It's been done many times since, but for sheer shock value, that first time will always be the best. Uh, B. Gilles 86 on the F4W board says, Edge with the first Money in the Bank cash-in. Once Cena won the Hell in a Cell match, I went and took a dump. Came back and Edge was celebrating with his first WWE Championship. I was pretty damn shocked and it set the stage for decades of WWE trying to reproduce the magic of that one cash-in. The great Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum says, Edge cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase on Cena, a jipping moment at the climax of a pretty mundane pay-per-view. I think that's being fucking generous, <laughs> to be quite honest. Lots of results have surprised or annoyed me, but this is one of only two I can think of that I didn't see as even being possible at the start of a pay-per-view. The other one, Hogan at WrestleMania 9, sucked balls. But this is incredible. There's no wonder it led to a rise in ratings. It gave the product a massive shot of adrenaline, gave Cena a brilliant villain to chase, and made their anything-can-happen bollocks actually seem true for once. They ruined it, but that's another story. Daminator on TPWW says the same one. Cena had just retained the title in an Elimination Chamber match featuring Shawn Michaels, Kane, Kurt Angle, Carlito, and Chris Masters. And out comes Vince, asking for the cage to be lifted as Edge was cashing in the very first Money in the Bank right there and then. I found it shocking due to the fact that there really was no precedent for a Money in the Bank holder to almost be guaranteed to win the championship, and also because it made for a uh, two-three minute match at the end of a pay-per-view in 2006. Cena actually put up more of a fight than a lot of others in his position would or would be able to, and I honestly recall thinking Edge's opportunity was going up in smoke, but I was more than glad and overjoyed to be proven wrong. And I remember, Kieran, you thought the exact same thing when we watched it. You thought, Edge is losing this. He's going to lose it. Like, he's cashing in, he's going to lose, and he's going to look like a dick. Yeah, they kind of trained to think that kind of thing. They did. Um, obviously, it was, there's no precedent for it, because it was the first one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember that just being the first one I would have liked I think yeah more a clean decisive over John mm. like John didn't even have a say in the matter um, I'm not sure if it helps it probably doesn't, doesn't affect Edge either way and I guess I say it protected it didn't matter it didn't matter it worked it worked it gives a fuck um, and all you need to know is they've, obviously they've repeated it so many times it must have been a success exactly so it says everything it, it really does if it, if it had flopped if it, it didn't work then we wouldn't have seen it for the next fucking yeah. 10 years and they're still doing it yeah. and it's a dead horse every oh. fucking indie company well, it's, oh, if you're an indie booker and you've booked a fucking money in the bank briefcase on your show you're a bell end. fuck you <laughs> learn how to book some wrestling you fucking moron <laughs> I do love on the indies <laughs> the creative names they come up with them though Cash in the bank. <laughs> Contract in a case. <laughs> I've seen all of these. They're, they're glib. <laughs> I see what they're doing with them. <laughs> I, think, I think I can pick up what they're putting down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, the, the fact that they, they have... The law of diminishing returns means that they've overused it to the point where it now means nothing probably speaks to just how, how good it was the first time around. And let's face it, that pay-per-view needed something like that. God, that but fucking that was the, the Jerry Lawler Gregory Helms pay per view, wasn't it? That, it was the one, the, one, the one in Puerto Rico. Yeah, right? no, was it? No, it wasn't. Puerto Rico was the year before. Was it Puerto? Ah, right. That was Hassan and Lawler. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because obviously you have that sense of the 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 elimination chamber match, which comes down to Cena, Carlito, and Masters. Yeah, and Kurt Angle is the first man eliminated. Well, that is the one thing I'll say against it. You've got six losers in that fucking match. I hate that. 
Yeah. Eight wins, five losers. Six losers. All of them lost. <laughs> but again, yeah, and, and, but this is one and of those that, ones I really think that the surprise element did make a big dent to Edge in a positive way because... Oh, I, I think it, it, he, he, he absolutely needed, it. needed this. He yeah. needed it. Because I... I but I don't think either of us were buying heel at Edge or, or, or just the notion that he had... You know, top guy potential. Top guy potential because the heat seemed all... I don't want to say manufacture is probably not the word I want to use. It did. It contrives probably the better better word because of it all stemming from the Matt Hardy from the Matt Hardy stuff, and it almost it felt like a false position. So to do this, I think really did give him the boost needed. And you know, I'm not one to get too much into TV. You know, positive TV rating being a sign of of, 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 of an indicator that's moving the company in the right direction, but. It was a the, pan, the, though. The, the fact that it was a, it was a, you know, it was a decent rise in the TV ratings. And that it, it clearly pricked uh, a wider interest. The fact that they dropped the belt three weeks later wasn't uh, probably wasn't the best thing that they could have done. <laughs> all things being considered, but no, it um, it was it was a shock. Uh, but it was it was definitely a, a positive and a net positive. Absolutely for, for elevating edge. Yeah, this is one of those ones where he he was in the role of like a that kind of upper mid card heel, and he needed the actual he needed some kind of shock to actually break through because like he's just been around, he's been there. He had that run, the first heel run where he was a singles guy, and he was working with Shawn Michaels, and it didn't really do anything for him. It's just like he's just kind of floating, and it wasn't really like you say until the Matt Hardy thing happened. Where it really felt like he caught fire as a heel, and then like again, like once that's over. He's just kind of he's back to being there, and he's got Lita with him, and then they actually win. It's like, oh, okay. Well, now that he's in this position, which was shocking, let's see what let's see how he does. And then all of a sudden, the talents that he did have that didn't seem to fit because it was almost like he was, he was trying to act like a top guy, but he had no top guy credibility, and therefore there was a complete disconnect. But when he actually had the credibility of being the championship, all of a sudden, well, it, it seems like it fits. Legit- that, that, that's yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, the legitimacy that he was missing, it felt like it fit like a glove. That's all of a sudden, all these overstepping, yeah. hot shine things. You don't have legitimacy if it's a hot shot. Surprise angle, yeah, and then you're working uphill to actually get yourself over to get back to where yeah. you should be in the first place, yeah. But just just to echo, uh, somewhat echo Kieran's point before this money in the bank thing, <laughs> which it seems out that we talk about it, it as we as, as as we as we're approaching the money in the bank, it's so redundant now. I just I'm desperate for them to just just drop the gimmick altogether. I have no desire to see it. Are they doing two then, or is it going to be three this year? Oh, uh, it's two. One woman's, one men's, both on SmackDown. So at least we haven't got to see this on both shows. That's all I'll say is the only upside to this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so moving from that now to uh, some of the more unconscionable decisions. We have to get to them. Uh, JSWE1K on the FOW board says, David Arquette. Nobody could have predicted even WCW to be stupid enough to go through this. Shishin KOPF on TPW uh, Forum says, While I believe he was a truly great in-ring technician, I thought he was only an upper mid-card talent. When he won the belt, I was shocked and just had to tune in every week to see the super exciting Nitro shows. MIM731 on the UK Fan Forum says, David Arquette winning the WCW World title in 2000 is the one that is brought up whenever worst title runs are mentioned, but for me, it was utterly shocking. We didn't have the internet at home, so I would go online and read WCW results of my mum's work while I was waiting for her to finish her shift uh, after I'd finished school. Reading that Arquette won the title in a tag match no less on Thunder seemed insane my 13 year old brain nearly exploded at the idea and I can't think of many other title changes that had such an effect Smelly Meatball on TPWW says damaged more than helped the credibility of the belt at the time even Arquette thought it was a really dumb idea to do but WCW Creative still went ahead 
with plans. Uh, since I think we can group a couple of these in, Big Cy on WrestlingForum.com says, Surprised no one's mentioned David Arquette winning the big gold belt yet. Uh, or when Vince Russo or Vince McMahon won world championships. That was a time when shock factor was a big deal and each promotion tried to outdo the other. Shocking, to say the least. Uh, and Stuart Civita on the Facebook page say, I'd say Vince McMahon winning the WF title in 99. That title change was only used to get Vince back on TV after only two months of being off. So, uh, yeah, th- this, this period of time, this late 99, early 2000s period of just non-wrestling characters who have no business being the champion winning the belt yeah. surprise surprise yeah, I mean, if on the surface you would sit there and say you can't believe that WCW would be stupid enough to do that but I think as we've sort of illustrated during our timelines this is exactly the sort of thing they're stupid enough to do I think, and especially when Russo's at the helm. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't from the timeline yet, you will from the reviews. If you go back and listen to those in the archives. Yeah, so I don't think there's much we can really say about the Arquette one that hasn't already been said by us or by other people elsewhere. Um, problem with the Vince one for me, or I say, the, 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 the problem in me critiquing it, I suppose I should say, is that. I never actually saw it at the time. This was a period where I didn't have Sky. I was sort of going by word of mouth. So by the time I was aware of it, Vince had already won it. It had already been dropped, and Triple H had already won it back <laughs> at Unforgiven. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. It, it seems a daft notion on in, on the surface, but I didn't experience it at all. So the moment really sort of passed me by. So it's a bit. It's a bit of a harder one for me to gauge. Well, I think I think it's a daft idea. I, th- I think but, just uh, to add a little bit of context to the non-UK listeners, SmackDown wasn't on Sky at this period of time, if I remember rightly. SmackDown came out very shortly after this period, I think. Um, I, know, I don't think we got SmackDown until 2000. 2000 it was right before the Royal Rumble, I think, that we got SmackDown for the first time. In fact, I think it was the, might have been the SmackDown right before the Rumble 2000. It was the first SmackDown that aired on Sky. So, of course... Seeing this was on like Livewire or whatever the, the the magazine show of the time. I think it was Livewire, and them talking about you know Vincent Mann won the belt and then has decided to vacate the belt and it'll be wrestled for at uh, an Unforgiven in a six pack match with David Boy cleaning the dog shit off his back, getting back <laughs> in the match just to get it back to Triple H. That one smells of Russo. Yeah, in fact, in fact, wasn't that that might is this, that might have been his last contribution to the company actually. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> it was it was among them. It was among the last ones. All else fails. Again, blame Russo. Yeah. What's the po- where does it go? What's the point in it? We've never wanted to do it. But at least Vince was an established. Everyone knows who he is. It's, it's believable in the role. It's something he could have gone for if that was like his like that was his objective. I'll do it myself. You know, hypothetically speaking, to get it off Austin, say back in the day. There's a story there you can tell, and then yeah. he wins it. And shit, now he's actually got to have a match with Steve Austin. And all this inadvertently, he's fucking he's, he's backdoored shit. himself into have to fight in Steve Austin. That's a great storyline. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's money in that. With it. But you just give it a hypothetically. I'm just gonna. He wins a baby face, you know, yeah. because Steve Austin because helped Steve Austin him. Helped him. <laughs> it doesn't make it. Yeah. And, and he, then he vacates it. It's yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why? If you just don't do it, don't just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it at all. The Russo one too. That's the worst. Fuck you, Vinny. <laughs> Russo's is the worst. He's like, that's just. There's no need for that at all. <laughs> yeah, but I put the company was dead. <laughs> Fuck them. Got what they deserved. <laughs> I can't believe that they they went ahead. I mean, that's. A, that's I can't. Oh, I can believe it. I absolutely can. I was in Goldberg spearing him through the cage and. Oh god. So, Though one positive contribution from that was that it did give <laughs> no 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 
I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this opportunity to find the silver lining <laughs> in the shit stream that was Vince Russo's booking period. He got a concussion from it. Hey! He's he in a sense suffered minor brain damage and was quickly relieved of his duties. He never was never the same again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's I don't want to shill on anybody. I don't like low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Get to a different one here. Supersonic on Pro Wrestling Only says, The Summer of Punk in 2005 in Ring of Honor. Uh, both the beginning of the end of what turned out to be the greatest farewell tour in wrestling history were huge shockers for the same reason. CM Punk was already headed to WWE, so Death Before Dishonor 3 was promoted as, as his ROH farewell. This resulted in New Jersey, the ROH location that had hated him most and had bared witness to his babyface turn the year earlier, vehemently rooting for Punk to achieve his final goal, one of which from a business perspective would make no logical sense. For the Main hard- event in WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time. For the highly protected ROH title. Of course, when Punk won the match, there was the underground version of Rock versus Hogan. It turned out to completely make sense in the post-match heel turn and the return of Chris Daniels, kicking off the most sensationally compelling summer season storyline since WCW's hostile takeover. Just like the beginning, the end would also turn out to be a classic match when Punk was dethroned by James Gibson, Jimmy Noble boy, uh, who had just agreed to a WWE return. However, such news made Gibson's coronation that much more suspenseful, with uh, Booker Gabe Sapolsky opting to pay off the storyline as intended and then figure out where to go from there. It had to be Gibson to win on that night in Dayton, as it was only uh, not only the city in which he made his ROH debut six months earlier, but the closest market ROH booked at the time to his native West Virginia. Not to mention that the Dayton crowd was equally sensational to Jersey two months earlier. Totally into the action and going insane when Gibson returned from injury in the match after Punk had underhandedly thwarted off Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels. Since then, no title change has ever been as pleasantly surprising and suspenseful. Everyone owes it to themselves to witness the entire 2005 summer of Punk. Is, is Supersonic really Gabe Sapolsky? Dude likes his ROH. Uh, no, I and that's that's commendable. I I really enjoyed ROH during that period. I love this two, period. Two thousand five. I, I specifically love the punk run. Just um, some of the analogies I don't I don't quite share. Um, he, was adding, he was adding adding color to the contribution, giving, uh, giving a bit of gravitas. Yeah. So, uh, okay, it is, it is a good a good little series actually. Um, I think and, that's and punk, I thought it was great. Punk, punk signing his degree contract on oh, the no, RH belt. Ah, oh, that's no, great. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more just in the context of, of the title, the title win itself. That was incredibly surprising because by by this stage, it, it's that old typical sort of smart mark mentality of. Well, he's, we know he's we, going. We know he's not going to win this because he's signed. He's signing a developmental deal, so we all know what's happening here. And, to be completely bamboozled by it, to genuinely be shocked by it, is uh, it was a pleasant surprise. And it did lead to it to a good series, but uh, and the promo it? afterwards was just oh, so awesome. Oh, excellent promo! I, I do, I do love it when he comes out in, in his suit with the, with the belt and signs his signs his contract over the over the ROH title. His gape is still shit, but that's another issue for the time. Gabe Zapolsky comes running out, chasing yeah. after him as he leaves to the crowd when he, when he wins the belt too. Just a little stuff like that we can get away with with, with that kind of crowd. It's like, that was yeah. really fun. It, it was very... Was it, um, who was it? was it Raven who said that uh, the uh, the ECW marks were the easiest ones to fool? Oh, yeah. Because they, they all thought they knew everything. Because you know what they know. You know what they think they know. Mm. There's no ambiguity about the casual fans. We said this at WrestleMania, didn't we? It's like this month hangs and they got uh, everyone knows everything. Cause, no, because the internet. Fuck that. Do they balls? You work. They. That's, I think it's the workers' it's dream. It's the easiest. It's crowd. a workers' dream. You know exactly what they want. You know exactly what they think. Do, they, do you think 
If they didn't know that Roman Reigns was going to get booed for 15 minutes the night after WrestleMania on Raw, of course, of course they, did. they did. That's why they didn't script a long promo and he just had the one line to Because it. they know. They know exactly what the, what you're going to do in, in pretty much every circumstance. Not even that. I was, saying, I was talking about in terms of fans knowing the inside scoop. Oh, yeah. You could, I would love to be in that company and work a fucking feud, like a backstage feud with Vince McMahon. I know this is bullshit. Like, this is like Russo, Russo Bischoff and, and uh, Hogan and stuff. I'm talking about in context of actual on-screen story that draws money you could manipulate people so well with the internet because people think they know everything because they think everything's open format for everyone now no oh, way oh, oh the company don't make the most of oh, it oh god it's, oh, it's, I get an erection thinking about it to be honest <laughs> let's speak one actually that, along those lines in terms of manipulation uh, erections no 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 the other uh, summer of punk List Hogan on Pro Wrestling only says, I'll go with CM Punk over John Cena at Money in the Bank in Chicago. Punk was on his way out in the post-match angle, put it over the top, and legitimately had the mainstream buzzing. Uh, Colin Bollocks on the UK fan forum says, CM Punk was another shocker too. If I recall correctly, we were all still unsure if this was a one-match deal with Cena before he pissed off and his contract ended. The fact he not only won, but pissed off with the belt, was one of the great finishes ever. And, uh, and, and I guess along those lines of, we think we know what the, you know, the fans think they're smart enough to know what, what's going on, and... Punk's actually going to win. They even they even fucking play. They even tickled our balls with the Del Rio thing at the end. Since we all knew, oh well, here comes Del Rio. Yeah, yeah they're just fucking with us. We're not actually going to get Punk. Oh, and then Punk just kicks him and runs off with the belt, and then that's the end of the show and, and runs out of the building. And, and and even the other little caveat being, it's Punk in his hometown. It's the WWE. <laughs> but we know what normally happens here. Yeah, yeah. This it was magic, magic stuff. This as much as we as I rip on Punk. I was a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I will, I will mark out if he returns. The man's got talent. He's a very, very talented guy. Hell of a promo. You know, he's a very talented guy. Does have the gait of a girl. And I could beat him in a real fight. That's two people today. <laughs> Bob Backlund and CM Punk. Yeah, same night. Me and them too. I don't Do know, man. I don't know about Backlund. He's, he's I, a, I that's know. a good point. I, 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 I reckon over Backlund. I, I'd like to see Backlund versus Punk in the octagon. <laughs> Young man. <laughs> <laughs> of the last decade, in terms of a shock, that actually felt like it could go somewhere. More than oh my god, let's see what they're going to do next. That's week. It. Like, no, like, this one. Fuck are they? Yeah, now we don't know anything. Yeah, we know. We know the fact that they've done that. It's like wow, what is this idea? Because this is different to anything else we've seen before. Yeah, and, uh, the shit, the Comic Con the next week as well. We all <laughs> felt so awesome. Oh, boy, <sighs> boy, did we all get our hopes up? Yeah. Oh. It's it's the hope that kills you, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. not you. It'll be it'll be. Oh, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already dead inside. Oh, so yeah. behind every ripped up cynic is a disappointed idealist, and oh. and, and that's that's it, man. This is a great example here of one where everybody was so excited, and then eight days later he's back. Ah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. You know what? Why don't you just ask? What are you going to have me do before I sign this contract? Yeah. You know, because you obviously want to give me this contract, so I've got a position here, and he did. He had a hell of a position. And he probably fucked himself over in fact. Yeah, in yeah fact, he did. His position was so great, it was probably, you know, his comeuppance. I think you can do that to us, do you? And yeah. I mean, that's the case, well, fuck you, WWE, because yeah. what, what would Kevin Nash be? <laughs> you pissed it away, you pissed it away. Just the fact, one week, I, I put that on him. Fuck that. He should have said, however, was it a month or whatever it was? No, no, it was eight days. Was it eight days? It was eight days. He came back eight days after Money in the Bank. He, he, he Oh, because he did the thing with Ray, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my the God. In, the interim title. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. The interim title that Ray wins, that babyface good guy John Cena challenges him for later in that show. Beats up the little guy. Beats up, <laughs> beats up the little guy who's already wrestled for Punk to then return. Oh, talk about how to fuck up 
gold gold lands in your lap and you decide to stand up and brush it off and let it fall oh, well, oh I can't even think of an analogy that's worth analogising over this one <laughs> uh, we've got another one here from Noid on TPWW it says the date is September 20th 97 the location is Birmingham England reigning <laughs> WWF <laughs> European <laughs> champion the British Bulldog <laughs> <laughs> dedicates his scheduled title defence to his cancer stricken sister his opponent is accomplished but David Boy Smith has the home field advantage baby Shawn Michaels winning the European title from the British Bulldog wasn't that shocking but what absolutely was shocking was the return match in David Boy's home hometown of Manchester doing record business at the Manchester Arena as the British Bulldog looked to reclaim oh <laughs> that's the end of the contribution and yeah more or less the end of Davy Boy's career yeah yeah two, two years before slipping the dog shit you already went in face first oh come on I was stunned at the sight the sight of his terminally ill sister in tears Jesus well it was a surprise there beer bottles flying from the crowd it was beautiful (laughs) it was on the fucking what's it called on the Tron I'll bet bet to some extent Jim Cornette probably loved it because it reminded him of the old school riots in Mid-South great did you throw anything Liam? no I was was, was like it was not the one guy there I would would say one guy there were plenty of girls cheering for it too but I was the one guy that was uh, cheering for Shawn Michaels uh, he's actually got another one here no, it's a Zack Ryder winning the IC title at Wrestlemania 32 in that ladder match uh, there's surely something clever to be said about it but I don't know what it is yeah. <laughs> Shy Dad on the UK fan forum also says Zack Ryder winning the IC title at Mania in that ladder match is up there for me the entire room was in complete shock boy collective laugh of disbelief just took over the room which sums it up perfectly for me a, wa- a waste of time just like Zack Ryder <laughs> tell us how you really feel Carl Alright, let's move on to another one then. Norcross RD on the FWB board says Hacksaw Jim Duggan beating Austin oh. in less oh, than that's, that's only been sent in to piss me yeah. off. <laughs> for the US title after Steamboat forfeited the belt. That's alright, Duggan got his come up and he had cancer. Carl! Oh. Oh, no! I'm not having that. That's getting edited off the show. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Don't give me that shit, Carl. Norcross RD also says the shocking pissing contest between WCW and the WWF giving Rocky Maivia and Prince Iakea the Intercontinental oh, and Television titles. Oh. Yeah. At, at least back with, to back weeks. At least at least with the Rock you can say he, you know, it, it was just too soon for him. Iakea shouldn't have been employed. Ikea is pronounced. Okay. He's Swedish. Beating Regal and way, it felt like such a rip off. Yeah. Like IKEA, it just felt like such a blatant rip off. And even Rocky felt like too soon anyway. Yeah, oh, wait, wait till we get to the days of the juice on the uh, on the timeline. No, it's all yeah. rip offs. Are you seeing Rock's magical circular hand selling? Oh yeah. <laughs> wasn't oh. ready for the IC. The WrestleMania 13 or special. Oh, or his yeah. or, or his, his comeback with the punches where he'd throw two or three, then his hand yes. overs and throw in the next one. Yeah. Yes. It was the shit. And a shoulder breaker finisher. What a relic. Thank God for him at the time. He had a million dollar smile. Million dollar <laughs> pair of boobs at the time. Wow. <laughs> uh, here's a good one here. Lou Pickney on there, the F4W board says the most surprising one for me to see in person was Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels winning the tag team titles from Owen Hart and David Boy Smith on a Raw in uh, May '97. You figure, okay, it's gonna be a schmaz finish. Michaels and Austin are just a makeshift team for TV. They're not gonna do a title change in Evansville. This wasn't Memphis territory. Repeating title changes on every show on the circuit. Then those four went on to have one of the best matches in Raw history, and they had a title change to boost, and that match still holds up today. So uh, 
Yeah, very surprisingly, more just for the novelty. And this was the first time, and again, a, a Russo staple because it worked, I thought, well the first time, of the tag team partners that don't get along, or tag team champions that I, don't get along. Ironically, in the uh, place where Russo now resides. Is it Evansville? Isn't that creepy? Oof. Well, there you go. It's like uh, the only place that will have him because it's the only town he hasn't be smirched with bad booking. Mm, yeah, possibly so. Hey. Maybe from the memories of, the, of this match, in fact, which is a fantastic match. Sean's first match back after losing oh. his smile. Yeah, a, a, a great match in front of uh, the hot crowd. Uh, but again, I maybe because I wasn't thinking too sort of analytically at the time, just just caught up in it. I I wasn't shocked, just purely because it's Austin and Michaels. They they will beat the bulldog and Brett's little brother. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely my my, my thought was they will win this. That was it. It's as simple yep. as it got for you. Just win, baby. Just win. Just win. Oh, well, there you go. I guess maybe it was the, again the novelty of, of title changes on oh, TV. Oh, there's, there's, cer- there's certainly a novelty to it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that at all. Uh, Move to a couple from uh, ECW here. Got, uh, nominations: Craig Atkinson on the Facebook page says probably Mike Awesome winning the ECW title in a match he wasn't even booked in to begin with. Uh, the manner in which he won helped. Obviously, this is when Taz was leaving the company, and uh, he was supposed to wrestle Masato Tanaka, and Awesome came in at Anarchy Rules, made it a three-way, got rid of Taz early, um, and then just had Awesome and Tanaka just pulverize each other as they always seem to do, and Awesome wins, becomes the new top heel. Simple as that. Shocking, I guess, but it's just like. To me, it, I, because it's the archetypal ECW sort of uh, trick. Well, this is the thing. I think I think this only I think this only works if you see the show. If you read about this or if you hear about this, it's like fuck Mike Awesome. You know, I I was never big on the Awesome bandwagon to be quite honest. So always always had to be the the right situation, didn't it? Yeah, and I think that, although I will say that Taz losing in that short amount of time was we actually watch it play. I was like ah. Okay, they just fucking they just run out bear with that guy, didn't they? They weren't messing around. But then, then they walk at the back and they're on the rampways. So yeah, like, it was their kind of old school. You know, it's like the it reminded me in some kind of thematically maybe of the um, it was after Claire beats Steamboat and then they go straight on to Terry Funk. Yeah, um, it was that. It was, okay, we've got the champion is is Taz and everyone knows he's going and let's just get him out of the way. Yeah, and we'll give him a round of applause and send off. So it's not a shitty way. So then people just move on with their lives. Yeah, because they've had the send off. I thought on the night it worked. Yeah, it did. Oh, it certainly worked on the night. I always found that strange, though. They give Taz the round of applause and the big send-off, and he's still with the company up till November. Yeah. And they really didn't jump out all that much at all. No, he, he, had a, he had a pretty crappy match with Van Damme that he lost. Yeah, well, he, he couldn't be asked for that. November to remember, no one even remembers that match. There's nothing happening in one. Uh, Lord Peepness on the F4W board says, Dreamer and Raven winning the ECW tag belts from the Dudleys on their last night right after they won them is up there for me. And watching it back on the network, it's still a great moment. This is when the Dudleys were going to the WWF, win the tag belts on their last night, and then Raven makes his return from uh, WCW, and then quickly DDT's Bubba Ray, and they pin them to become the odd couple tag team champions, just like Austin and, uh, and Michaels. But in terms of that too, yeah, a, a great part of me, Raven's return was pretty pretty awesome. I was very crestfallen to see, you know, just I wanted Raven to do F so bad at that point that it was just like, ah, you know, this is this is great and all, but you know. And then a year later, you, uh, you oh, wish, I was thrilled. You wish you hadn't seen it. I was thrilled. Yeah, he was hanging out with Taz in the fucking mid card. What a duo that was. And the trolley. Scott Levy was instrumental in. I don't care what Tommy Dreamer's real name is. In Tommy Dreamer winning a title. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. 
shocking for you, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, Suplex Sinner on the UK fan form says, Shawn Michaels winning the first Elimination Chamber match is the one that comes to mind before all the others. At the time, I thought it was great to see a childhood idol back, but I wasn't much into the online aspect of wrestling, so I had no idea that he would win. Added to the fact that he had my mum's haircut and jobber trousers on, it made the three count all that much more surreal. That match is one of the very best. It's still a great watch, and the super kick into the pin combo is just one of my favourite HBK moves ever. Lovely stuff. And Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, Admittedly, I could probably give a couple of you a run for the money and the number one HBK mark running, uh, but in 2002, he was a part-time attraction, turned up with that haircut and those jobby brown tights, which, the more I think of it, was a work, to make us think that he was done. I was fully expecting Triple H to win that by some dastardly, bastardly means, so when Sean got the three, my heart-shaped glasses and red leather police hat flew off my head. It was like being a kid again, and I remembered why I love wrestling and why it will always draw me back. Although the now 33-year-old cynic of me is still stunned, they never did Shawn Michaels not being in that match, but instead build him up to taking the belt off Triple H at Mania 19. Always thought Shawn's one last run for the gold would have been awesome. And Triple H gets his throat crushed, which we can all enjoy. <laughs> I'll agree. This, this, I didn't believe this was going to happen at all. If anything, one of the, the, the thing that I expected was, well, the guy who's not going to win is Shawn, because he's a part-timer. I... I'd agree, but by the same token, I genuinely wasn't sure who was going to win. I just thought just, Triple just, H or Van Damme. I should have known better, really, by that point. Yeah, Van Damme out first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as a general principle, it, it was a surprise, but but by the same token, when it gets down to Triple H and Michaels, I'm, the time it's down to those two in the cell... I'd say I'm a, a little bit surprised, but I wouldn't say I'm shocked at that stage because it it, it plays into, and we've talked about this before, it plays into an element of the comeback story and he gets one over on Triple H again after he's hit Michaels with the uh, with the hammer after the summer slab match. Completely pissed it away, completely the wrong way to tell that story as, we, as we've talked about before, but playing into that sort of narrative by that point when it gets down to those two, I wouldn't say I was completely completely flabbergasted I still was just because I thought okay well this is this is Triple H getting his win back I didn't think they'd throw away a, a Sean title win yeah and they never did it again this six man lack of focus on him lack of focus no emphasis and he's wearing brown pants and he's got a bob not Sean's best moment <laughs> no in my opinion no but again um, a, a great moment for the crowd not necessarily for his look well yeah but me, like but we say I, yeah I just I just wanted that one last run that well, yeah I can, I can win one more title yeah god he's been give so us, good at telling that story give us the big pro about him going he really wants it yeah. that big long run that he ended up having he, he, he wants that world title one more time just to prove he still can and then you do it and you do it and, you do it, and when he finally wins Oh, I'd have pissed my pants. I yes, but this this was this was so shocking that I almost couldn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I really yeah. didn't. It was I had the, that as the Michael's mark sat by those four years that you still owe me, Sean. Um, this is it. I was like, oh, it should have been special. It should have been really special. Yeah. It should have been a moment in his, wrestling history that this fucking company shows for years and years. The great Shawn Michaels returned and won the title in this great match because he's Shawn Michaels. God damn it. <laughs> And he's instead he's wearing, we can't we can't show it because he's got a bob and he looks like a dickhead and, and he only held it for a month anyway. Yeah, so what's yeah. the point? It wasn't that fucking exactly a month. Why? Why even do it? You win it in a fucking chamber and you hold it for a month. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. 
SJ5522 on the UK Fan Forum says, It was the first or second pay-per-view I even watched, so I was just a passenger at the time, but it's a good shout. I know the seeds have been set for Brock versus Goldberg, but at that time, you'd have likely assumed they would both be around for the foreseeable future, and that that match would be for the title. Uh, now that I think of the show in more depth, Goldberg is in the building was a key factor, so it might have been slightly telegraphed to the Smarks, like Benoit winning the Rumble. would be potentially a huge, huge shock if it wasn't so heavily telegraphed during and prior to the whole show. But having said that, both of those things absolutely floored me. Even though it was, if you actually watch the 2004 Rumble back, and by the way, if there's a Rumble that doesn't age as well as I thought it did, it's the 2004 Rumble. It's not that good. The crowd doesn't really give a shit for most of the match. And then Benoit, actually, when Benoil wins it, I just remember being floored. Like, oh my god, it's WrestleMania 20s coming up, and they've been building that show for a year. And Benoit won the Rumble. Like, even though it's, it seems obvious, when you actually watch the build-up, it's like, really, no one else could have won. There was no one else lined up to win. But it's like, what the fuck is... Yeah, Ben Wong. And then Eddie and Brock again. Even though Eddie was red hot in 2003, he did kind of cool his jets a little bit too. Feeling with a big show with a septic tank angle oh, and all. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he was your ass. <laughs> I was just thinking of that moment. I think of that moment at least once a day. <laughs> yeah, it's over the context, the great angle when uh, Big Show steals Eddie Guerrero's burritos and they've been laced with... Fucking! <laughs> Had they been laced, or was it just a big show stomach wasn't prepared to take such nuclear heat? I don't know. <laughs> Possibly, but he ends up going on the toilet. And of course, there's no toilet paper in there, and he's just screaming at Eddie that there's no toilet paper. Obviously, it's preceded by Eddie Crow asking that question. Hey, let me ask you something. Else. What are you going to use to wipe your ass? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, and then Big Show just beats him with a choke slam at no mercy. It's like, oh great, all right. Mm. So anyway, and then yeah, so th- but the whole point of this is, by the time Eddie was getting to Brock, even though he did some great promo work in the build-up, again, it felt like stopgap fr- you know, stop February, uh, just a quick challenger for Brock. And even though Goldberg was there, they did the whole thing where Goldberg interferes, but then Brock kicks out anyway, and then it's like, uh, okay, you know, Brock's going to win, blah, 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 blah. And Eddie went to the Frog Slash, and I was so fucking happy when Eddie Guerrero won the belt. Oh my god, yeah. Shocking, excellently done. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. This is this is a good one. This is a good one. Yeah. Shame where it ended up. Anyway, Vastadakai <laughs> uh, on TPWW form says Ronnie Garvin defeats Ric Flair for the NWA World Title because it came from nowhere. It wasn't necessarily good, but it came from nowhere. Fans turned Flair face during the match when he regained the belt. Uh, Bruiser KC on wrestling form also said that of the uh, the two that stand out to him, Hands of Stone Ronnie Garvin uh, beating Ric Flair for the NWA World Title in September '87. The Nature Boy was at the top of his game back then, and while Garvin had provided tough competition for Flair, no one expected the big gold belt to change hands. When Flair lost in the cage in Detroit to Garvin, it sent shockwaves through wrestling and to the television ratings <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, beat me to it. Yeah. The, the, uh, when you think about it again, stop gap, stop gap title victory, but this one didn't work at all. No. Didn't work at all. Didn't help they took Garvin off television for two months. <laughs> That's not really the thing you do if you're new champ. Not really. Not really. Not the best thing. It is if you're trying to hide him because you realise you've made a mistake. Yeah. Not, I suppose. I don't know. This is a, this is a tough one to defend, really. I mean, not, not as shocking as Dusty's plan to have Rick Steiner beat Ric Flair in like three minutes, whatever it was, at Starcade the following year. Not a good one either. 
Uh, Flare Flap on Wrestling Forum says, Ultimate Warrior losing to Sergeant Slaughter. I was still young and was far from the point of being in the know that Warrior's run was not doing well. I just knew that he was my favourite WWF guy and that I was loving him being the champion. I started in 89 and went back and caught up through some of the mid-80s on my cousin's VHS tapes. I didn't go back far enough to know that Slaughter was once a big deal in the WWF. I just knew enough to know that he was a wrestler that had a G.I. Joe action figure. So to my young little eyes, what I pretty much saw was this guy that came out of nowhere that I barely saw above the job as I laughed at beat the ultimate freaking warrior. My parents didn't let me get every pay-per-view, so I was picky about the ones I got. I went with so little worry that Warrior would lose that I wasn't even upset about not getting the show. The next day at school, my friends told me Slaughter had won. They knew that I was a Warrior fanatic. I was one of the few in my class that was betting on Warrior beating Hogan at WrestleMania 6. I may or may not have rubbed it in a lot uh, that I was right, so when Warrior lost, they were itching to get payback. I didn't believe them. I thought they were joking. The entire day, I was telling them that they are wrong, and there is no way that the Warrior lost to this guy uh, tragic he did. he did indeed yes um, we did have another nomination here Baz TNM number one on the UK fan form says Sergeant Slaughter taking the belt away from Warrior was a bit shocking looking back should have kept it on the Warrior had the big money match with Hogan but uh, yeah Slaughter getting it just again wasn't it in retrospect not knowing what actually happened back when I when I did see this tape it was like Slaughter who by yeah. that point was like a baby face you know I want my country back yeah tag teaming with Jim Duggan yeah that period of time just like does have a, a, a kind of a JBL feel to it yeah complete out of nowhere ooh got this gimmick do it yeah make it up and... this is a guy that couldn't even beat Tito Santana at the Survivor Series two months prior by the way Tito Santana they couldn't put him over Tito at the Survivor oh, Series the mercenaries versus the alliance is there a shittier match in Survivor Series oh, history oh there really isn't <laughs> A shitty, a shitty match on what is really a shitty show. <laughs> um, Hang on, it's the, it's the Bushwhackers, Nikolai Volkov and Tito, Tito Santana, Santana team captain against Sergeant Slaughter, Boris Zukov and the Orient Express. This is the guy that's going to win the world title and headline WrestleMania a couple of months later. And he didn't even win. He didn't go over. Was he, was he the Iraqi sympathiser at that point? Uh, yeah, 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 he was there. Oh, man. Because the war hadn't started yet, I don't think. Or Desert Storm at least hadn't started yet. Oh, they just did. Right? Yeah, well, they were in Kuwait, weren't they? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Everyone knew they get. Everyone knew it was going to be a war. So, yeah. It just seems so out of place, even for the time. E- even with them wanting to do that gimmick and, and lead to the bloody awful WrestleMania Seven build, the fact that it's Sergeant Slaughter, who's clearly the wrong side of forty. Clearly not. And looks the wrong clearly, side of 55. <laughs> clearly not in peak physical condition. He hadn't really been seen by a national audience for several years. Oh I mean, the dying... You know, his AWA run doesn't count. No. Everyone was fucking off to New York by that point anyway. It's the Bobby so Charlton comb over the... It's, it's, it's this, it's, it's this old guy it's, look it's, like Backlund. It's, it's that with the... It's the moustache combined with it, though, that does it as well. I say, yeah, it's like... Hogan made him look... Like he made Hogan look stylish with like <laughs> Hogan's right he's, he's just shaved it off and gone with this skullet and looks better than the the, the, the Charlton comb over <laughs> interesting it's all gonna look if you wanna be a star you gotta look like a star yeah exactly Sarge <laughs> uh, FUM on the UK fan form says the decision obviously got reversed but Jericho beating Triple H 
was brilliant. Uh, I watched it again the other night and everything about it was perfect. The fast count, the fan reaction, that no one expected it, uh, wrestling at its best. And Mertz on the UK fan form also says, Joko beating Triple H uh, is his pick too. The most shocking, if I take into account I was much younger and naive to wrestling secrets. Genuinely didn't think anyone would beat Triple H for a long, long time. The finish was just perfect. The commentary was as good as it gets. Spinning heel kick by Jericho. Jericho scores with a moonsault. We got the new champion! My god, can you believe it? Nobody did or does it better than JR. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, again, doesn't really count in the sense that they reversed it, I, I think suppose. It was at the, the, was at the Dusty finish when they took it off in the same Yeah, same, yeah minutes later. Yeah. They took it back off. Him, yeah, well, that was really good for, like, two minutes. It was great yeah. for Davis. It was, and it was extremely shocking, too. Yeah. I shit my pants for the uh, two-minute run he had. Yeah, it was great, though. It was just that it, it was... Because Jericho had been floundering, and he needed something like that to kind of get, well, you know, establish a, him a little bit. A, you know? a feud with China will do that to you. Yeah, Bob Holly. Yeah. Mm, yeah, we can keep we can keep going with this, unfortunately. CS on Pro Wrestling only says the Undertaker defeating Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series '91 has to be right up there too. But as soon as that evil Canadian dictator Jack Tunney announced a rematch for this Tuesday in Texas, I knew the fix was in. <laughs> he well, was not a Hulkamaniac even then. <coughs> contrary to you, Carl. Well, you know, Jack Tunney was on the take. As you can get, of course, he everyone was. just listened to Bobby. You got the the non-Hulkamaniacs and yourself, Carl, who was crestfallen to see. Big T. I like how you like to remind me of my uh, past indiscretions, let's call them. Uh, no, um, as how old would I have been at the time? 85. <laughs> it being the first pay per view I watched in. in well, was, I, don't think, I don't think we actually did get it live at that point. I think we got it on tape delay. Mm. But uh, it being the first sort of pay per view I watched almost in, in quote unquote real time sort of thing within the context. Of the time, yeah, I was shocked, appalled, disgusted, gutted, <laughs> heartbroken. Because Hogan had always lost it in some kind of dodgy circumstance. I mean, this is this was loss number two or three for Hogan. So he lost it to Andre, but not really. Um, gets it back off Savage, loses it clean to Warrior, to Warrior yeah. clean as a whistle. But like that's like to another big baby face. So it's yeah. not like he like got just fucking tombstone and carried off, and Hawkamania is dead at the hands of the Undertaker. You know, and what the, I mean? uh, yeah, and, and the the belts just dragged along, and yeah, and almost, it was so almost for there, was a, there was almost a sense of um, finality about it. And then before the pay per view finishes, yeah, they announced Tuesday. <laughs> there's finality. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, and and there's Taker showing Gene Oakland a coffin that <clears throat> may as well have just been Taker staring at a mirror. Well, yeah, I suppose yeah. In in in, in retrospect, given that the, the Taker turnaround was or Hogan Taker turnaround was two days, Punk coming back after eight days is quite a long time. <laughs> to it's progression of a sort. It is, yeah. I guess. Well, so. that's it. These people they live wrestling twenty four hours a day, so it probably seems like a long time to them. I guess you so. know what I mean. I guess so. Before we get they to should try watching the fucking product. <laughs> 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 Can't disagree with true, true words never been spoken. Yeah, absolutely. It probably is. I got one. I got one. Go I just on. thought of actually. What the, the moment when I distinctly remember thinking that the Intercontinental title was dead. The Godfather oh. won the Intercontinental Championship of Goldust in a match that almost no one remembers on Raw. Lost it to Jeff Jarrett in another match no one remembers on Raw. But I remember when he won it. Again, it's like this is not that far removed from Rock and Triple H in the ladder match for the IC belt at SummerSlam '98, which in retrospect is probably historically like 11:59 of the IC belt meaning what it used to mean. <laughs> yeah. And, and and now here we are at this point, mere eight, nah, yeah, eight nine months later. 
and actually, I think we can actually touch on this next week on the timeline. As a matter of fact, Godfather winning the Intercontinental Championship off Goldust. You know what? Don't, don't forget, it's also coming off the back of a road dog run with a belt. Yeah, yeah. I was say that was a long fucking eight months. So oh, it was. Come on, and you know. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it because we've got that coming up next it was, week. It was a long time from Rock and Triple H. The company changed a hell of a lot. Moving on to the final one now, and obviously, like we say, it has to come full circle. The uh, the reason this was brought together in the first place, this topic. Jinder Mahal RFR232 on the FOW board says uh, Jinder Mahal becoming WWE champion out of nowhere is the only answer and a pit seller on the UK that comes to mind is of course Jinder Mahal a guy who was jobbing left and right at the start of the year to mid-carders when the Orton versus Mahal match was announced I assumed this would be a throwaway defence for Orton until a more credible opponent came along a bit like when R-Truth got a pay-per-view world title match a few years back however watching the match unfold and seeing Jinder getting the better of Orton the main thought that started creeping through my head was are they actually going to go through with this? Jinder wins, and the crowd was just as gobsmacked as I was. Was it a good decision? Who knows, but it certainly was shocking. I know. It's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't watched the show since then, so... That sound kind of says something, yeah. I, I distinctly remember that the last time that we were recording a podcast, actually, I was assured by Liam at the time that they would never do this. Of, of the things that they were stupid enough to do, I was getting too worried this time that they, they would they would they would pull back from the brink on this occasion. Liam lied to me. <laughs> yeah, so we'll call that they'll call that one uh, against me, I suppose. Yeah, but um, uh, my bad. Yeah, it's may, maybe we shouldn't be shocked. I am. I, but it's just, the thing is, it's, they left but, themselves wide open for this. This is the thing, right? So, like, when you compare this to like JBL, right? Because that, that's the one that people, you know, the, the quick hot shot push yeah. from, from nowhere. Even though it's probably unfair in many ways, because JBL wasn't a loser for so long. He was just a mid card guy who had never been in the sphere of the world championship. Yeah, whereas, before. whereas this was Mister Member of Three MB, who came out with such classic lines as "Rock your face." JBL, JBL only got, really got the role that he got because Brock left out of nowhere. Angle got injured. I'd say out of nowhere, but it was Angle, so you always knew it's probably going to happen at some point. And they had, they really didn't have that many other options. They had to kind of get it off Eddie at the time. I, I suppose, yeah, Eddie was, Eddie, Eddie was having some difficulties. Eddie, Eddie was having so. his problems, so it's like, okay, who is there? It was him or Booker T, and they, they clearly decided Bradshaw was the option. And he's, he's much whiter than Booker T. There is that, and of course... Was Hogan there at that point? <laughs> and of course, he was the one that was in the program with Eddie, so if they had to do a snap decision, there you go, there's your answer. Whereas this... The superstar shakeup, uh, which is the term that the just hate, by the way. <laughs> One of many that I hate. From the yeah. you, you, you won't see this at home, but as Liam said, the that, artist rock star. <laughs> as Liam just said, superstar shakeup. His shoulders kind of sunk in the seat, like his, <laughs> his spirit deflated. That he just reeled off a WWE fucking catchphrase oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, they're fucking verbal feces smeared all over uh, this podcast now. Yeah. But anyway. They left themselves in this position by choice that they had no heels on SmackDown. They, they they looked at the rosters, they put people in different positions, and then they realised, we haven't got any heels on SmackDown, have we? We've got Kevin Owens, who's the US champion, Baron Corbin, and Rusev, who's not back yet. They've got no one else. And that's part of the reason why I think this has happened, because they need a new heel. They fucked themselves. They fucked themselves. They love gender, clearly. I wonder why. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a theory on that. <laughs> yeah, and and you can say the whole thing about you know, Indian expansion. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. I reckon that's balls. it's bullshit. It's bullshit because you wouldn't bullshit because they'd be there would be a scheduled tour there. There would be there would be something interlies on this. It wouldn't be a there fucking is heel. Nothing. <laughs> it wouldn't be a heel if you're trying to appeal to a fucking niche 
ethnicity audience. Now, of course, the argument is that while they take promos for gender and show it to India only, they geo-block them away. There are gender babyface style promos really? that go out to India that only they see. Of course, if they actually do find a way to monetize India and they see the rest of the shows where they see rather negative portrayal of gender as the foreign champion... Well, that might kind of change things, but I guess they got their money by then, Did so who cares? Twig when they, they turn on and everyone's booing him? Um, <laughs> what is... How are they going to monetize? Yeah, okay. Can... Look, in so network subscriptions is the okay, idea. It's a huge developing country, and there's... Um, okay, there's a lot of... I mean, in terms of like IT professionals coming out there and stuff like that, it's a massively like, intelligent uh, developing country, but for those people in that country, do they have access to the network, or do they have access to TV... Or access to the internet to buy merchandise or tours. I'm not sure. Tell me, do they? I in uh, the internet they've got it obviously, but it's like it's not. There are areas that don't have it. And I, I was going to say it, it's very much still for as big an economy as it is, and the fact that it's rapidly growing, without getting too geopolitically, it is very much a peaks and troughs sort of economy. Depending know? on what areas. Yeah, you're in. yeah. That the haves can have a hell of a lot. The nots. Well, let's just say they're they don't got pot to piss. No, really basically, <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's yeah. In terms of typical demographics for wrestling, it's the working class. You're going to make all your big money off. Um, so especially the, the young working class and young working class in India probably won't have access or financial means to. They don't invest spend. In sports, they don't yeah. spend money on sports. Is that part of the culture? Cricket's the only one that makes a dent, right? Uh, well, that cr- w- cricket and, and the national sport, which is hockey. Yeah. What, what about that one that used to be on Channel Four? Like, uh, they're, like they're all naked, and I don't know what they did. Like, there's a ball or something. But it's called Banger or something. It's not called Banger. Highlight? No, it's not Highlight. <laughs> <laughs> stupid lame. This is sport anyway. They play, and you used to be on Channel Four, and they get naked and stuff. And I have no idea what he's really? talking about. Was that Euro trash? It might have been. <laughs> I do love me a bit strange. But <laughs> just as you look to the To bring it back to Jinder and the actual title change itself, it's it's the varying degrees of shock within the crowd that I find quite jarring. Some some are genuinely shocked. Some are just numbnuts who are trying to mimic the Undertaker shock response at losing the streak. Don't you think? Most likely T-shirt guy, and everyone will know who I'm referring to. Oh, that ass white prick. So so here's Um, here's a question. and, And the people who would have probably been like me if I'd have been in that crowd who were actually just stood there laughing. There were genuine people... I laughed! Yeah. <laughs> but you saw people looking at each other and laughing in disbelief, as if to say, I can't believe they've actually gone and fucking done it. <laughs> I know that there were some people who are really on this Jinder Mahal bandwagon. Oh, I've, I've heard enough people say to me, oh, come on, you were saying they should do something with somebody different, you should be happy about this. What was that email I sent, uh, the text I sent you? If, if Finn Balor is the best baby face going at the minute with when he's okay he's a good worker but he hasn't had a stand out match in the next turn his promo fucking suck but people hug his nuts for no apparent reason even though does he draw much I mean, he probably does much but anyway point being if he's the number one great baby face is Jinder Mahal for this pretentious bullshit internet fast fix audience who doesn't even watch wrestling anyway so it's, I'm not talking to any, probably, anyone watching this probably is Jinder the great the perfect mo- heel the great modern heel yeah is he is he <laughs> The, 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 if he draws matches when people try and beat him because people want to see him lose in the S I remember not, people the, 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 yeah, again and that's, that's to be determined however I will say that when the people who are on the Jinder bandwagon we're talking about 
look, he did well in the main event. The crowd was into the match. The reaction was unique. And I just couldn't help but say to myself, it's in a building that's not sold out for a pay-per-view in Chicago that regularly sells out for TV tapings. And, and more to the point, it, it, I think the, the live attendance was somewhere around 9,000. 9,500. 9,500. Am I right in saying about 9,000 tickets of which were sold when the event was announced as being there? Yeah. They sold 9,500 tickets, and I think they sold an extra 200 when they announced the matches. And is that... But that's why they've done it, because it's not... They haven't done it... They've done it... They aren't doing it for right now. That's the... I mean, I'll give them the... I'll give them the the, the grace in the sense of they weren't expecting this to do the... to fucking sell out the building. Jinder and all, and they know that sucks. But the whole idea is, okay, fast track him, hope we can do something, and maybe next month we'll sell out that building. Or do they think it doesn't matter? Because we did... They don't even release the fucking quarter hour ratings anymore. It's all on the network. The TV... Okay, TV for a while. Ratings are dropping all around the board. Do they give a fuck? Who's the champion on that show? Is it for TV rights in in India? Is is that maybe the only way they? Can... I think it's just it was just to get people talking. I think it was, it was shock and awe tactics. That's exactly what it was. It was to get people talking about something's happened they didn't expect to happen because it's all and so what? It's, 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 yeah, they like him, but it's an expendable. Trip. They don't give a fuck about protecting all like that. No, um, you can tell from the way they book the television show on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's not the, the focus of the show at all. No. Oh well, that's back. That's backlash because he's. Um, then you give him the belt for the concussion as a makeup, and yeah. Vince doesn't like doing things with other people as a makeup, and he'll get you back in the end, and you're going to lose to the brown guy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that high note, I want to thank everybody for all the contributions. I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, we will be back next week on SCG Radio as we return to our Monday Night War timeline to talk April of 1999 in the WCW and WWF, the WCW, something like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> of course we've got notes from the Wrestling Observer newsletter and the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as well to give a bit of an inside perspective we may not have had at the time and I cannot wait to return to our timeline to talk about WF catching fire more and more and WCW catching fire more and more in a different way thank you very much we will be back next week for Carl Jones burn baby burn and for Kieran O'Rourke this going burn burn <laughs> I am Lima Rock and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. Punjab, Tadi Nagarita, Landa Gera, Moti, Akanti, Akupake, Kabe, Ho, Maita, Lal, Gera, Jera, Sanu, Kabe, Ro, Tanetu, Bahi, Jinte, Pamba, Sutte, Sati,